commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Grex Kondak, and you're listening to Core World News, your Hollywood news show for in-depth coverage and analysis of all the latest stories from around the galaxy. Welcome to a special episode where we revisit the rise of Skywalker and dive deep into the visual dictionary. Now for your hosts, Ben, Grant, and Adam to discuss. Yes, Grex, thank Woo. you so much. Grex gets me so hyped. I love it. I get so hyped <laughs> when I hear Grex. Ben, calm down. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I have other things to be hyped. Like we Babu Frick hyped. Babu yeah. Frick hyped. <laughs> Dude, totally. So, yes, uh, we've been talking about Star Wars for the past two hours yeah. plus straight. We may That's have. not yeah. an exaggeration because we have a lot of stuff we want we to do. talk about. We do. But we have been trying to focus for your benefit. And um, I think every five minutes, one of the three of us is like, just let's just start the podcast, and then we talk about yeah. Star Wars, for just like ten, 10 more things. Yeah, though. yeah. Um, so we're there. This is a, a random podcast that we did not expect to do. This is about the Visual Dictionary, and um, I mean, they make these books. We collect them. I've got a library of them yep. from behind Grant and Adam right now. But um, this one has a lot of lore in it, and yeah. so I think we yeah. wanted to dive into it and talk about it a little bit more. And it's done, of course, by Pablo Hidalgo, the yeah, the you know lore authority king. on Star Wars lore. Yeah. I you know just not to jump right into it, but I I had this I came up to Boston area to watch Rise of Skywalker with my fellow podcasters, and ended up staying overnight at a hotel, and then went home. And this that was, was waiting. Awesome. It was yeah. it was so it was great. So I, I've never been three a.m. podcast. <laughs> it was after amazing. like the best day of my it life. Was that was great. Awesome. And so I came home, and this was waiting on my doorstep, and I just was was you know feeling a little little you know worn out let's say the next morning and so just was like perfect day to uh you know curl up and read a book and i was i was reading through this and i got to the section where it was about mustafar right yeah and that was the moment i'm like <laughs> i'm sorry what wait what yeah and that's when i'm like i read this book and just flipped through it and it, it i love the rise of skywalker and this movie made me love it even more it maybe it made me feel like it kid again like learning all the lore and stuff about like all the stuff that was just like hiding behind everything yeah, yeah. everything yeah. yeah and Pablo does a beautiful job of, of filling in all those gaps in the story where you 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 have all these questions especially Mustafar there where, we, where it's a location yeah. we see Kylo you know it's the first go, going to see. battle yeah. with this with this unknown tribe on Mustafar and Little do you know it was Mustafar. It's like there's we're in, a, we're in these woods, yeah. we're in these yeah. ash woods, these ash ash yeah. lands. I mean, we never saw woodland on no, Mustafar. But ever. The visual dictionary explains why we do. Why we do because yeah. things of time has moved on and things yeah. have changed. And there's right. a cultist who plant. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people attribute with J.J. Abrams the mystery box, like is his thing. But he's finally finishing a series here. I would call this more of a toy box. Yeah, it's like. There, it is a box. The the Rise of Skywalker is a box filled with toys, and you're just picking them out. And the closer you look at each one of the parts individually, of where there's many many parts to this movie, mm-hmm. there's these really interesting things. And and nothing, um, really uh, illuminates that more than this book. Yes, this, this book really sort of lets you take take a you know a, a bit by bit look at how yeah. much went into this movie. Um, it doesn't even get you deep, and it's trying to almost not be spoiler free. It's weird. Kind of, it's that's my uh, one thing yeah. about it. Like they will not, like I, they will not clearly acknowledge. By the way, uh, spoilers throughout this entire episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sorry, it's been 
two weeks at this point if you're listening okay. to this show like i will say spoilers for a while it, is, but I, it has been two weeks i yeah. assume you've all seen it but but if you haven't thank you yeah you're probably fine with spoilers and if not stop listening and i'm sorry for whatever's going on yeah, in your life come back that to this means you can't watch it and i mean yeah, that sincerely because if you yeah. haven't seen it things are not going well and <laughs> i i hope i wish you the best indeed honestly and sincerely but um so spoilers so um and I was going to spoil something, and I just warned for spoilers so much that I can't remember what I was going to spoil. <laughs> I something think, about Mustafar? I think, it was that, or? I think it was that the woodlands we see Kylo fighting through are, it, it is titled the Korvax Fen. Yes. Mm-hmm. It actually connects the rise of Skywalker to Vader Immortal, the VR experience. Yeah, he does. He's yeah. breaking into yeah, yeah. the rubble of Vader's castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, there's and there's like that Sith altar, that Sith eternal altar on mm-hmm. Mustafar that I, yeah. I don't know if it's explained in Vader Immortal, but I, I can only know. imagine that they Maybe will ex- three. explore that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think I think the other thing is that they are try so hard not to mention that Palpatine's back in this entire book. <laughs> yeah. Which oh is yeah. There's no in, there's no insert of, of Palpatine in this book. You really no. get there's no uh, uh, full page spread that explains it, yes. the machinery behind the his clone jam, or his jam arm or it's, it's the throne. Frustrate yeah, yeah. me when the ultimate visual dictionary comes out <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in a year, but I'll yeah. still buy it. Yeah. Uh, but the, but. As you said, Ben, there is a lot of lore expanded upon yeah. in this book, and yeah, yeah. I think it's a lot of dark side lore. I mean, yes, yeah. I, I kind of uh, I love the Rise of Skywalker. I love the sequel trilogy as a whole. Uh, I I did feel it kind of leaned into, uh, aside from the Last Jedi exploring the First Jedi Temple and things like that, it kind of leaned more into Sith lore throughout the well, entire. Yeah, we get trilogy. no Sith lore until yeah. this movie. Yeah, right, until this right. movie. Yeah. This is the Sith movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more than the Rise of the Sith. Or yeah, returns. Yeah, it, it's kind of odd though because I did, I did, I did feel like the, <laughs> the last. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I did feel like the last Jedi was setting up a kind of founding of the next temple, a founding of the next order, and and uh, a rekindling of the flame of the Jedi order and things like that. And uh, and we'll talk about Ajon Ajon Kloss, the jungle mm-hmm. world, and mm-hmm. how I think m- there could have been some decisions on that planet that could have picked up the pace of the movie, made it a little bit more energetic, yeah. made it a little bit more exciting. But um, let's jump I'm into Grant. the let's jump there into could the have been more different decisions. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's jump into the dark side lore. So um, yeah, okay, yeah. Let's, do uh, uh, let's talk about Snoke's creation, the Sith Eternal, um, okay. Sith yeah. cultists, let's do it. things like that. Um, so lots of information on old Snokey Snoke Snoke in this thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I just want to read one passage here. Uh, it says, uh, or one description, should I say? And uh, Snoke is no Sith. But his role has been designed by the Sith Eternal cultist to act as a crucible to groom and mold Ren into a master of not only attack, but also cunning. Indeed. Um, so I think that's confirmed. I think the Sith cultists engineered and created Snoke, even though we do yes. hear Palpatine say, I made Snoke. It was likely that it was under the direction of Yeah, Palpatine. I ordered other... Right. It's, you know, it's like anyone yeah. who runs right. something. I did it, but really I just ordered my underlings right. to yeah. do it. So previously I had thought he was a literal just like force puppet. Like yeah. he was just a skin bag that that Palpatine was guiding around with his own voice. I think and, you're and half his lines, right. And his lines were Palpatine's lines. Palpatine's lines, but I mean, yeah. essentially, I, I, now I think he's a brainwashed cultist, cultist that was farmed out of like it because it's the one that the the line that I saw was Snoke was the last test of Ren. Right. So yeah. he was designed specifically for a purpose, and I mean that can be brainwashed into a being, and that's, that's right. sort of who right. he was. And he was crafted specifically to, you know, so to guide Ren towards greatness. Grant has seen this movie more the most recently. The, yes. I I have not. I only saw it the first two times. Been jonesing to see it again, but life has yeah, gotten yeah. away. Right. Same, um, same with me. When when Palpatine says, "I have been the voice in your head," and he he cuts through certain voices. He does Vader's mm-hmm. voice. 
Does he do Snoke's voice? Yes, he does. The middle. So yes. I think Ben's That's... half right. I think that Snoke can't was at times communicating directly to Kylo through Snoke. I think he could take him over. I think it's too murky to really say for sure, and it honestly doesn't really matter. No, whether, it really whether doesn't. he's like but whether my he's being cannon. puppeted, but it's like I mean, we know the influence of Darth Sidious, right? Yes. So yeah. whatever he tells someone to tell someone, they're going to say verbatim, and I, you know whether it's that. Or whether he's like literally guiding him. Well, we will find out more in the Kylo Ren comics. We will, I think. So that quote says that Snoke is a crucible. Yeah, yeah. It's the ultimate test for Kylo Ren because he yeah. can think one step ahead yeah. of Kylo Ren, and so yeah. once Kylo Ren is able to overcome that sort of cerebral, yeah. you know, that, opponent, then I think there's the perfect then he can become a, a leader, like a testing, yeah, like right. an yeah. acid trial, trial, right, fire. exactly, yeah, yeah. perfect, um, yeah. Yeah, but it does beg the question, when was Snoke created? Like, when in the timeline did Sidious order the creation of Snoke? Um, because Oof. if you do watch the film, oh. you do see that inside those tubes, those um, those vats where he's growing yeah. Snokes, they are aged. They look <laughs> aged they, and are scarred. Are they multiple or was it just there are one? two, right? There At are least. multiple. Yeah, there are multiple yeah. Snokes and they They're look identical two. and they look aged and they look... De- decayed. Do they have the scar though? They they do. One I saw had my a scar. theory is Luke gave him that scar. But not even yeah, yeah. theory. That's what he that's says. That's what he says. Yeah, yeah. The he Knights of Ren, the Kylo Ren right. first yeah, comic. Yeah, he says unless 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 Snoke was lying to Kylo. If that was the first time that Kylo ever saw Snoke, and he had that kind of divot in his face, and he said that Luke did this to him. Right. Because oh, I would love to talk about some of the de- deception that's going on in the sequel trilogy in the films themselves, especially when it comes right. to. Um, especially when it comes to the, the, the bridging of the minds of Kylo and Rey's minds and how he you're saying Adam I believe he, that he lied about that I think so okay. I, and I don't trust like that's what I've been saying since The Last Jedi is like why would we trust anything that Kylo or Snoke says like why would you trust these people they're Sith they lie right. I don't that's inherently their, trust their them but when he lifts Rey off the ground and you see the force powers he's like you've never a seen force them user. before he's yeah, definitely yeah. a force user but I just I don't think right. he was but he was like yeah he was gloating about gathering Rey and Ren before him. but lying about that's one thing they share a unique bond in the force right but lying about that is one thing yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. not informing Palpatine of what he thinks might be a probable dyad is another kind of logic that, flaw that I'm trying uh, to work well, around okay, now. Okay. I'm still trying yeah, to work yeah, around so that. So I have yeah, two yeah. possible answers okay. to that. One is that he thought he was doing it. That he overestimated his powers on the dark side. In reality, okay. he actually wasn't doing it. Or he did tell Palpatine, these two people are communicating with each other. And Palpatine said, ah, that's weird. Like, 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 yeah. like he didn't necessarily know what the dyad thing was because... But it, I agree that it is seemed, weird. Yeah. The dyad's a little shaky to me, especially. Oh yeah, I think the dyad is very shaky. about the dyad in here. Yes, and they, I mean it, the way it is, it seems like a com- that you mentioned it on in very via a text conversation. But then when I read this, I, I realized how distinct it was. They, mm-hmm. It's common knowledge that the the you know the dyad is. Well, I guess misinterpreted though they did. Right, right? it essentially goes back to the rule of two. Yeah, yeah, they assumed it, they were the dyad spoke to the rule of two. Yeah, right. But they didn't think it was an actual force. Yeah, I mean, dyad. my whole theory, and we talk about headcanon a little bit later, but my whole thing is that is my. I mean, it's the only thing you do with prophecy. And again, these aren't prophecies; they're rules. But I like the fact that yeah. Sith talk in rules. And right. Jedi talking prophecy <laughs> yeah. when they're really just the same damn thing. Yeah. You're just giving them a different name, and both both are misinterpreted. The chosen one prophecy is misread, as Yoda says, and the rule of two is misread by the right. Sith. And I like that, like the, I like, like that. that idea. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it just says right there, right? Like that, that this idea that the, that the, um, uh, the, 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 the dyad appearing in the force curiously, it's nearly identical to the text describing the rule of two, right. uh, but inflections, masks, uh, marks and line breaks change specific meaning in certain words. So it's just like, I mean, that's right. I mean, you can, you can talk yeah. about real world examples of that, but I will just give you the Oxford comma yeah. <laughs> as, a, as a more relatable, like Oxford yeah. comma is very important because if you don't use it, it can may lead yeah. to very confusing things. Right. Yeah. Um, no, totally. Uh, yeah. And I feel like that does tie the rule of two to the prophecy of uh, at the chosen one and the diet. It's all kind of wrapped into one. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, it makes me wonder. So, Speaking of dyads, we're just sure. talking about dyads yeah, yeah. right now. Are the son and the daughter a dyad? Oh, interesting. In the in Mortis, the, from in the Mortis, Mortis arc? arc, possibly, right? Because it, they didn't say like the like the Chosen One prophecy seems to relate seems to speak specifically to one single event, and the dyad seems to speak to things that are rare but can occur at multiple times. It's a rare thing that happens. Yeah. So maybe, right? Like I don't think there's any reason why that couldn't have been a dyad. Yeah, I mean, but I seem to believe that like. You know, the father, the the son, and the daughter are like, they're, uh, I mean, they're they're gods or godlike. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the closest we get to the gods of the Star Wars. Well, you know, it's, we get closer in the Yoda episode in season six of Clone Wars, where right. like they they allow him and teach him the way to commune with the dead. Right, yeah. the Force those, priestesses. Those force priestesses. Yeah. Those are those seem the closer to gods than I don't know. Maybe you're right though. Maybe the Mortis people are like gods. Yeah, and the other ones are just like administrators, like yeah, yeah. yeah so it gets a little murky. Yeah, it gets a little murky. Yeah, it's which very is vague. Which yeah. is good. fine. Like, yeah. please keep my myth vague. Like, yeah. the last thing I want is like yeah. explaining the stuff. But I kind of love the dyad stuff because it's so murky. And so, like, I was talking about this off air. The head canon that I have surrounding <laughs> the rise of Skywalker makes me love Star Wars so much more, and I feel like it's only going to get broken the more I read EU, and it's going to. That's break a lot my of heart. negative self talk. I but we, but we like, don't need to hear that. So my head canon. What if it's awesome? So we'll just, do you want to hear my head canon real quick about no, rules two and dyads? Like this. No, is you have actually a really it. good take on it. Yeah. Uh, so like my it. whole thing is, it was a prophecy misread. Anakin did bring balance to the Force by killing everyone. This is. And we're just going to quote it, Freddie Prince Jr. math, right? Yeah. We have, he kills all the, he helps just bring about the destruction of all the other Jedi except Luke and Leia. The other two, Ben and Yoda, have completely taken themselves off the board. They're not right. really connected to the Force yeah. all that much. So we have Luke and Leia, Vader, and... And Palpatine. and Palpatine. That's balance. We've That's had balance. balance. It's not what the not what the Jedi thought balance was, mm -hmm. but that balance helps bring about strength to the fact that like the Sith were so much more powerful than the Jedi because there were only two of them based yeah. on the rule of two, a misreading of the dyad versus we have a thousand Jedi. So each one is a dilution of the mm -hmm. force. Right. So by bringing balance to the force, you bring about this idea that now we have this idea that the Jedi are equally powerful as the Sith, Sith which allows yeah. this dyad to come into power, which allows the actual power we need to destroy the Sith in the end, which is why right. Rey and has the, all of that power at the end. Yeah, because right. it's bring balance Boom. to the Force. Right. And she, oh, that makes sense. So, okay. Yeah. It's the it's the balance argument. That's why that's why they're talking to her. That's why she is. All that's why she can pull down. That's why she's throwing all these rocks up in the air. Why she right. can pull down these ships. Well, I mean, she she's has... also. I always attributed that to being her being a descendant of Palpatine, who's a very yeah. competent uh, force user. Yeah. But you're right. But no, it's the force math also, and that's also why like yeah. why 
the Luke quote is like, you have all the powers of all these people. Because yeah, he literally does. He does. Like it's, yeah. You're the only one. Hashtag Freddie Prince Jr. was right. Right. Yeah. And But also, if you look at the prequels, and we go to Mace Windu uh, in, in The Phantom Menace, and he mm-hmm. says, you believe this this child is the, 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 the chosen one who will bring balance to the Force and bring an end to the Sith. Yeah. He says that. Yes. So this sequel he trilogy kind of does. is about bringing an end to the Sith. Vader brought balance. This is the end bring an end to the Sith. Yes. This is, yeah, that's uh, the he played is. a huge part in it. He I does. Mean, Without him, yeah. it wouldn't have happened. Right. Sidious is such a big bad yes. that it makes sense for like, it takes one hero to cut him down yeah. to, to ground and then it takes another yeah. hero to finish him off. But I love the fact that the misreading of the Chosen One leads to the end of the Jedi and the misreading of the rule of the Dyad brings <laughs> the, the end, end of the Sith, like yeah, kind of, yeah. it's it's like a tone poem. They, can't, uh, yeah. they definitely can't misinterpret like an old uh, passage or prophecy in the next trilogy. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, they can't I, do it. Again. Yeah. I also personally really hate prophecy <laughs> yeah. in, in as a storytelling, but I feel like right. this is the best way you can do oh, it. To on, be like, this is just, all myth. I, love I it. like the fact that two different prophecies are interconnected in a way that both sides don't know. I think that's kind of amazing storytelling. I don't know. I I kind of love this, and it's amazing that like this is not. I mean, Lucas can fight me all he wants. Yeah. He did not think this up when he came up with the Chosen One <laughs> prophecy. Yeah, I, I really don't think. I wonder how much. And the did. fact that like you can that JJ was able to take this and be like, let's do this real subtly, and like it all works. Like it feels like nine parts. Like yeah. we hear the Chosen One prophecy right. in Episode One. We hear the Dyad in Episode Nine. And it all comes together in this beautiful way, right? And I, we were going to address Vader's legacy, but I think we just yeah. did right now. A I little think, bit. I think we. I think we now agree that Vader brought the balance so we could bring an end to the Sith. I think that's kind of yeah. how we're and all... saved his son. Yeah. Like I and think that's beautiful. Yeah. Like it, he saves his son in such a beautiful way, and that's a sacrifice. Is not to 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 save the galaxy. Yeah. But to save his son, and he who may then not teaches have... the person who saves. Sorry, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm I eating a lot of you. air. No, no, no. You're, you're. I'm but sorry. Like, but again, saves the son who teaches the person who saves the galaxy. Yes, and my only other chip yeah, in that would please. just be that he also killed. Like he didn't kill the emperor. Yes, but he mortally wounded him. Yeah. So enough so that he had to regroup and yeah. bring this whole you know a secondary master plan back into effect. Yeah. And like that that. Put him in a corner. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, and um, and Palpatine had to do a lot of legwork to to get Kylo to turn and to have these oh, all these yeah. events unfold. Oh yeah, he did do thirty years like, of work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, jumping back to Snoke real quick. Um, yeah, always. Just um, roughly, when do you think guys think it was created? Oh, we, yeah, we never answered that question because I don't want to. Uh, it's hard yeah. to it's even really dive hard. into. Yeah. What? Why does it matter? It doesn't matter. That's the point. It doesn't matter, but it does say that the Sith cultists. Uh, <laughs> Kind of created they him in created this book. Him. I mean, I mean that yes. emotionally created him. Like, right. I feel like they, he was formed. Like he was a force sensitive person. Right. In like at, on Exegol, which is like, you know, the Sith. But if he's already old, so he was yeah. like brought into being. This is just another pawn, another force sensitive pawn. That and, and we know Palpatine did not abide by the rule of two. He had force no. people everywhere. They all did. Yeah, he's the rule of one to me. He's yeah, always yeah, been the rule of one. one. It was, yeah. and that's clear in the prequel. <laughs> it's all about eternal life. For me, for the one whatever true I can do. emperor, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the Snoke stuff kind of—it's a little broken in terms of when he was—was was the original Snoke made? I, I like the idea that they were just messing around with gen- genetics and just and just he's like half a clone. Maybe he's like, what <laughs> happens if you take Luke's and, and Palp's DNA? I don't want to have any. See, see yeah, that's where I was going. I was going with if he already looks kind of aged <laughs> in the vats, in the tubes, in the test tubes. It's like. If he already looks aged, uh, like why can't he be a product of the DNA from Luke's hand in Could Empire be. Strikes Back? And Could thus, be. that's why his name has the same suffix. Like that's why 
Yeah. It's like, it makes perfect sense to me. And it's way more poetic if he is connected to Luke's hand. We know that the first shot of this film started with the hand and the saber. Yeah. yeah. In the first drafts of the yeah, script. Yeah. So this is Luke's uh, This is my headcanon. My headcanon is Luke's, guys, Luke's hand. This is why The Rise of Skywalker might be the best <laughs> Star Wars movie of all time. It's really not. Wow. All right. it's, it's good. But here's the thing. Like it's the end. We're talking about it's this. the end. It wraps everything up and yet leaves open what Star yeah. Wars does, which is like it's us sitting around here. If we were in 1977, yeah, inventing podcasts and right. having a discussion about like <laughs> is Obi Wan a clone because his last name begins with his end name ends with one? That was like yeah, a, yeah. that's <laughs> that's a discussion people had in 1977 because yeah, they mentioned clones. There's nothing else. It's Obi Wan. People thought it was because they didn't oh, have the internet. Thought it was Obi O O N E. Yeah. And thought there was an Ob two walking around somewhere, like, right. but like that's amazing. Like we're doing this, we've wrapped everything up in a nice bow, and still have so much open for headcanon discussion. Yeah, I just had a thought. What if all we never see the Sith cultists' face? Yeah. What if they all look like now? Maybe. And that's why. So we've now determined that there's two different Snoke-looking figures in Vats at Exegol. Yep. In, in the, the lair, whatever. So he's you know, drawing some power off of them. Right. But what if they all just look like him? Right, right. We don't. We don't, we don't know. know. We don't know. That's. I mean, it's that's a less magical explanation, but. Right. But that uh, was my assumption when I walked. I remember we had this discussion in the car. Actually, that was one of my first questions when we first we did our first reaction in the car. One of my first one of my questions was who were all those Sith, who were all those people and you were both like Sith cultists. I'm like, okay, cool, because <laughs> which I agree with, but in my brain I thought they were all clones because it was uh, so unclear. Right. Yeah, it was so unclear. I was like, are those actual things? Are those beings? Or is yeah. that just a hallucination? Hallucination when I watched For it. A movie that has a character that should be entitled Captain Exposition. We'll get to him shortly. <laughs> There's Beaumont. so Yeah. <laughs> Beaumont Kin. Beaumont Kin. <laughs> There's so little exposition in plots and areas, which is so I love it. I almost yeah. swore real bad. I really love it. Thank you for not. Yeah, yeah. When we just kind of dolly past those vats, you're like, oh right, there's a lot right there. I can just feast my eyes <laughs> yeah. on. But yeah. you know what? We're gonna go right by. Oh, um, the elevator ride that yeah. Kylo's on. I'm like, what's it? Who are those people? <laughs> what's powering that repulsor? Not to drop yeah. another another Star Wars podcast name in the middle of our podcast, but the Star Wars Minute guys are going to have so sure. much fun in four years <laughs> oh when they get God, to this, because it's going to be like the original where there's going to be like so <laughs> yeah. much to dissect in each minute. They're going to have to do like two episodes for one minute. Uh, they're like going to be 40 Star Wars episodes. 30 seconds. Yeah. All right, sticking with the dark side, let's jump yeah. to uh, Steve Palpatine. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's not headcanon. That's straight up canon. Okay, here we well, go. the son of Palpatine. Let's yeah, just Steve talk Palpatine. about the son of We've, Palpatine. We'll for conversation's sake, we'll call him Steve. Palpatine. Steve Palpatine, DDS. Yeah, <laughs> he's a dentist. I've decided he's uh, a dentist now. Okay, so yeah. I think I'm the now, I'm now kind of uh, falling into your camp, Adam. Where I think I know Palpatine. Yes. Thank uh, you. Uh, didn't I? Don't think he knew about his son's birth or maybe his son's existence for a long time. To me, it's the only way this whole story yeah. works. I feel like it breaks it if he if if, if he had this kid running around that he was just right. like yeah. running. I think he had. He's double Oedipus. Uh, he, yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, I feel like he had my head cannon again, prove me, not prove me wrong, disagree. Never cool. prove Adam wrong. Cool. Like, like I really don't, I don't have anything running yeah. on this, but my, my head cannon, it's funny. Grant has a speculation. I have my post movie head cannon. That's always like, that's our two yeah. different things. Like I like going I, between those two because yeah. it's, it's yeah. a lot to meet in between. Is that he, that, I don't want to go into the details because the one thing that we can all agree on is thinking of Palp's 
having relations is real gross. But but <laughs> yeah, it's funny relations. you walk out of this movie thinking yeah. Palpatine fornicates. Yeah, like that is yeah. a bit yeah. odd a to leave a Star Wars film and just be like, yeah, this is in my head now. In yeah, Return of the Jedi, you know I'm going to be thinking about this. Most and humans do. Yeah. So no, yeah, but no, we don't like we don't like yeah. to think about most humans doing that, but most of them do. So yeah, that's right. he's but a human. specifically this human. Yeah. Mm, yeah, a little weird. Yeah, but especially like, post Mace Windu accident. We'll yada 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 through that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was with either someone, whoever he did it with. I will say knew who he was. Yeah. And I think that's an important part of the story. But wasn't be was pregnant. Did not inform Palpatine for whatever reason, and raised this kid very aware of your father. By the way, is the evilest sob <laughs> yeah. in the world. We're never you need to protect yourself. Your he is not force sensitive, which is why Palpatine never knows about him. Right. He gives birth, or not? He gives birth. Also, maybe who knows? It's Star Wars. We don't know how that works. Right. But Probably has not. you Human, know yeah. you know um um airs a child who is force sensitive and then Palpatine when Ray's force sensitivity clicks on He's that's, like, oh, that's that I was right like there. who yeah. is this just like just like Vader becoming aware that he is kids suddenly starts realizing oh man this is my this is a relation to yeah, me somehow and Le- Leia and um that's Leia interesting knows. yeah and Leia I don't know knows, how. but she knows she does Right in the beginning of the the rise of Scout, you're speaking to the line that she tells Ray, yeah. and don't be no, afraid the, of who no, you are. That Luke no, says at the end, Luke is like, "No, Leia, Leia we knew. Who we, yeah, she's like, why didn't you stop me?' And she that you're a like, Palpatine. No, we knew. We knew you were a Palpatine. Right. Well, at the very beginning of the film, she says, yes, "Don't be that, afraid of who you are." That is what yes, you yes, can even interpret like she's is, referencing. She's already yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, um, we don't know when she found out. We know. We know definitively after that line that run in with Luke. I think that Luke found out. I think they both figured out separately. This is my head canon that Luke and Leia figured out separately and that Luke figured out while in Arc 2 because he says you were drawn right to the dark side. Who are you? And I think after enough time he's like oh man this is a Palpatine. I'm surprised Palpatine didn't order the safe return of his son and like harvest his son's organs to repair his own body or use his blood or for just transfusions. keep him around and or like, like give him women. I feel to... like the Do Palpatine in the movie we see his logic would be oh salvage any yes. kind of limbs or, or body parts of someone who's connected to me that I can utilize like agreed what's we the, didn't know much about that's what's the bounty scene. hunter's name uh, Crimson Corsair no, no oh, um, Obadouba oh Zori Zori Bliss no no, no the, the one, one that who, they go to get him that they oh Ochi Ochi, Ochi. Yeah. yeah wow cool. um, thank you yeah thank you. no worries do we in the flashback when we see Ochi kill do we just see him stab the mother or, or does he stab? Or does he stab the father? I think he just. I think, kill, he, kills I think he kills them. They were ordered to, you know, to be killed. Like, yeah. I, there's no. Honestly, like I, I feel like Palpatine would have harvested his son. I also right. would have. That's but what I'm trying to work I, around. But I, don't, in my brain. Yeah, but I don't think. Yeah, that's it's a weird clear. thing. Yeah. But I also, who knows? Like, I feel like Palpatine might have had the bodies delivered to do some. Right. I mean, and dark it's weird. Like, that's obviously the crux where they're like, well, I guess you're not going to tell us where she is. But, I mean, you would, it would make sense for them to kill one yeah. and to try to put pressure on the other to I mean, say something. There's but, a lot of hoops to jump through in this film yeah, to get to something f- that wasn't planned. It's pretty cool. Again, I agree. a whole, like, biological, like, family tree or generation that we don't know anything about that we would love to know about. Yeah. It's right. kind of cool. Like that's a, that's is. a great thread. Like someone could yeah. do that story if they wanted. You know. I kind of wish they don't. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of wish not, like yeah. just just leave it. They alone. can't do all these threads. But I'm just saying yeah. it's nice that it there. You know, in addition to Toy Box, there is plenty of mystery. And, it, and totally. Yeah. You know, toy Box. Yeah. Finishing off on the dark side elements. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about the Knights of Ren and their use in the movie and how JJ 
explored them further if he did at all <laughs> sure which in no, my opinion this book he, explored he, them jj right. just made them look like saber fire pablo was, name was, them not not i mean not, well i mean he, i thought he did a good job establishing they're dangerous by capturing chewbacca which yeah. made my like I stomach very you know, like, clench yeah. and i was like are you i'm like so i'm gonna have to hate this movie now yeah yeah like that was where i was at and then i was just like and then you know a few scenes later like oh they my cathartic just like i didn't even pay attention to the rest of the movie because i was just like yeah oh my god did you actually just kill you yeah I, I did not in the first act. I didn't react to it at all. I'm such. I'm so because I'm like. Are you? No, no, do no. You feel? No, Adam? I'm not. I'm not Grant. Because yeah. the reason why is because <laughs> because I, I was just like burn. I no because I saw it. I'm like he's not dead. He didn't die on screen. He's not dead. He ain't dead. Like and I don't know if it was like I don't know if it was like okay, denial. More, but I, yeah. but maybe it was denial where I'm just like I'm like didn't happen. <laughs> And you're both m- much more clever uh, movie I, watchers I, than I am because me, I, was like, I, think I took I, what I saw with my eyes and I was like, he's dead. I don't think I could handle it. I think my brain just shut down and be like, didn't happen. Oh, yeah. And then <laughs> found a way to explain why it didn't happen. Instant shock. But also like, the movie understands that it couldn't have happened because it needs to happen within like, it, they reveal he's alive five minutes mm-hmm. later. But they don't let you sit with that too long before Chewie's alive again, right? Yeah. Like, it's pretty quick. I'm, I'm kind of upset they didn't commit to it. In a weird way. Like, I thought that was the most interesting choice of the movie. Uh, actually, yeah, I think it was the most interesting choice in the movie that doesn't really have the payoff that I wanted. It's, uh, it's I'll meet you halfway. I'm glad he didn't kill him, but I wish they didn't reveal that he wasn't dead until she was on... What's the... What's the... What's the planet? Exegol? Oh, no, um, uh, uh, Kajimi. 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 I think that would have been so much better if she was just like, Chewie's alive! And we find out the same time she finds out as opposed to five minutes later... They show him like we have a we we caught a yeah. we caught a Wookiee, right? Because yeah, and the reveal in that moment, there's kind of this uh, like joyous that upswelling music, and yeah, 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 it's kind of yeah. I really wish you know there was a more dire nature to the whole tone of the piece, but I yeah. I do I do love the Chewiest survived. I think they realized they didn't. I I think they realized that they didn't want to do. They they didn't want the bends in the world to be. To be deadened by that for a half an hour of the film. No, seriously. <laughs> to be like, honestly, to be like, to be like, Chewie died. I can't handle it. I think that's my guess is originally it was probably how they did it, and they yeah. realized through like people are going to lose their mind for the next half an hour, and not going to be focused on what's happening in the movie because Chewie's dead. Yeah, no, totally, because it's totally distracting. <laughs> but, uh, no, but then I thought it could have it could have deepened after that, and yeah. we could have really gone dark. Ray could have really there really could have felt like this this propensity that ray could go dark you know what i mean like sure uh but also um i feel like kylo doesn't really react in that moment like i feel like kylo and there's some missed opportunities with like kylo and chewie throughout this entire sequel trilogy where it's like okay yeah, yeah. Like he dies in a yeah. transport maybe show an emotional like uh, or a reaction shot of kylo in that moment as yeah. well yeah you yeah, do yeah, get a little really bit of emotion at the tail end of that yeah. scene you get a yeah, little yeah. bit from kylo but it doesn't feel like it's for chewie it feels like it's for ray and it's like agree it did. felt like it was Rey. yeah yeah not, and, that, um, not that his his, his Uncle Don. And if he's well, Kylo, maybe it's, yeah, maybe Kylo knew. That's true. That's Kylo might have. Maybe he is yeah, felt more, it or, yeah, more yeah. advanced in terms of his sensing. But, yeah, uh, I mean, or you're just like you know, uh, Ray already had it in her head. He yeah. was in that transport, right? It's because someone was like raising, you know, tra- he's, so she's not thinking about that. She has yeah. the bandwidth, and it was, so she does sorts. scream Chewy though. Since we're talking about Chewy, <laughs> let me let me yeah, let me run this let me run this by you. First, I that is still heartbreaking to me because the way I relate to him falling down when he finds that Leia dies is like to him three of his pets died within the last year 
<laughs> like, like, think about it. Like, all of his pets died. Like his, his or family members. I yeah. Mean, like, well, he's like I he lives to be like four hundred. So I think they're right. like to us, yeah. they're like pets because they only live to be like seventy. <laughs> oh, I didn't right. Think about that's it that way. true. It's like, <laughs> so, oh, yeah. but like all of them died. Like, imagine if all yeah. that to be like horrible. But I'm trying to think. Like, I have three pets. Imagine if they all died in a year. It'd be real rough. I'd fall on my knees after the third one went. Also, they're pretty, yeah. Would too. Be like, I'm yeah. done. Yeah. But here's so. So Rise of Skywalker is at the moment where they have to redo um, their advertisements, right? Like they have to do the come back to the theater advertisements to try to get the box office. This is what happens a couple weeks after after a blockbuster. Okay. Because they can start showing things. Remember like Yoda Man? Do you remember Yoda Man after uh, episode two? Right. Just the one. Was that the rapper to the dance skit? It was real bad. It was rushed out and it was Yoda flipping around because they could reveal that Yoda did all the things. Oh, okay. I think... And I'm 100% serious. This and I, I started as a joke, but I really think that Lucasfilm should do this. All right. I think, because we're at, we're at the moment where they're going to start advertising to try to get people to win Academy Awards. Okay. Where they're like, for your considerations. Like, they're like, for your consideration. Adam Driver, the prize no, of no. Skywalker. For your consideration, <laughs> Chewbacca. And they shoot a very serious reel of Chewbacca. To put <laughs> vote for Chewbacca for best supporting actor, <laughs> oh, that because again. that because jo- Jonas and, or owns it, and and I yeah. feel like Chewie is such an emotional thing that they really should do this really earnest. Yeah, it'll be ironic and funny, but this really earnest like Chewie yeah. has so many moments in this film of and just like slow moments and moments of him falling and crying, and just be like for your consideration best supporting actor, <laughs> Chewbacca, Chewbacca. Yeah, there's some that's great. how you advertise the, this movie to get people back. That in the would theaters. be really funny. Be I, think the, I think the Rise of Skywalker has some of my favorite Chewy moments, yeah. like out of yeah. all the films. Um, my I also favorite. I also feel like because Chewie is brought to Ren's ship, you'd think there would be a Kylo Chewy moment. Like I know, yeah. I really feel like that would have been interesting. It would have been fun. a Kylo Chewy moment would have been super. There might have there might super be in the fun. four hour version of this movie that we know yeah, exists. Probably. Right, that we know. Yeah, that's now also headcanon that there's a four hour cut. Yeah, I'm really hoping there's a Lord of the Rings cut to this. Yeah, yeah, Peter, yeah. Peter Mayhew. Yeah, Peter yeah. Mayhew. It would have been a nice... Yeah. Oh, yeah, they could do that. That totally do that, yeah. Yeah. Well, at the very end, you cut to the black and white photo of Jonas and, and Mayhew together. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, at the very end of what? Oh, at the end of my advertisement, that you're going to get people to go out the theater. <laughs> right, yeah. you get them both in there, and it's a gratuitous excuse to bring Mayhew, Peter Mayhew into it. Yeah, it's so funny. There's a moment in early in the Rise of Skywalker when they're leaving the jungle world. Uh, they're departing for the first time on their adventure, and uh, Chewie says something to Ray, and she says, "It is," and I hmm. still don't know what she's referring to. Like, I think it's the bl- says, I think it's it Han's is. blaster. I think that's what that that moment is. It's such a short moment; you'd miss it if hmm. you, you wouldn't remember it, because they're leaving. They're in the cockpit. It's Ray next to Chewie, and Chewie looks over her, says like you know, yeah, does man, a little man. roar yeah. towards her, and then she, he, yeah, and then a little Chewie, a little Wookie yelp, and then she says, "It is," and I don't know what she's referring to. I think it's Han's blaster because I don't know if she had it with her in the in the Last Jedi. No, I think she. Has no, I think her, she had the one that other blaster, that Han yeah. gave her, right? right that one yeah. did not actually. Interesting, maybe. Yeah, right. I love that they do that. Right. They did that in Last Jedi a little bit. Yeah, we'll have to check that back. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so last bit on the dark side. Uh, we did the Knights of Ren. Let's talk about Phasma and how she's not in this movie. 
Yeah, so we had talked a bit about this, and then on Instagram um, a few days ago, um, a, a listener, Jason, reached out just to say <laughs> kind of Happy New Year, you know, and, and said very kind things about the podcast, but but also uh, kind of mentioned surprise that Phasma didn't show up in this. And while I was watching the movie, I wasn't really thinking that, but then after the after the kind of happened, I was like, yeah, the rule of threes were not followed. You think JJ kind of yeah. set it up personal, perfectly to be like, if she's back again I think it would have been kind of a nice nice moment I know yeah I, I liked um, Admiral Pride or oh god it's, yeah it's a different uh, no you're right no uh, um, something Admiral uh, Legion General Legion General. General Pride thank you <laughs> wow you're really hitting all I, yes. I did read this visual Grant dictionary front to back Grant does his homework everyone <laughs> yeah. and the rest of us Wish we were Grant. Yeah, I think uh, Richard, uh, Richard E. Grant did a great job. Yeah. I love yeah, him he in this film. a great character. Yeah. But it would be interesting, because he was ultimately the one that finished off Hux. But I think it would have been pretty cool if Fasma was the one that sort of was like, maybe like spying on Hux and knew he was like yeah. uh, the spy and or knew something. he killed Brendel. Yeah. Like again, two, right? He has two. Yeah. Like, All yeah. these things we're mentioning right now because we've just been in this and we've been pontificating about it. Oh, now we've yeah. seen it. These are always, this is our... our um, our motif or our ideas that it's always things that could have happened and yes. don't not should have happened no we're not we're not, we're not quote unquote fixing the movie we're no, just no. thinking are, of like things could that could have happened yeah. that would have been fun but again I think I think we're all on record as saying we love this movie we think it's great and I love everything but it's just interesting like you can't if we if you literally put in everything we that could have happened in this movie it would have been a seven hour movie but um, <laughs> yeah but yeah I just I thought you know thank you Jason for reaching out and and he pointed that out and I think it's worth talking a bit about of just like it's odd and and uh, and so I think it's it was fun and so yeah and I, I do yeah. I, I I do remember JJ in interviews saying that he did feel like he did say that he was surprised that Ryan killed Phasma off yeah. in his film and then he also said that he thought there's a lot more of a story to tell in terms of Phasma's arc and. Wait. Uh, JJ said that he was surprised. or JJ said this story yeah JJ did he mentioned it was like he was surprised like, oh, I thought that was shocking like didn't mention anything was shocking and all of Ryan's things he's like oh interesting they, he killed Phasma but he's but, like Snoke dying doesn't like Phasma I, I didn't see JJ that but JJ killed yeah. <laughs> I was like really whoa 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 yeah whoa 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 Right, because JJ throws JJ her in the killed character. Spasma, and Ryan brought Phasma back from the dead. She was thrown down a garbage chute in an exploding Death Star. Right, and true. they had That's the, a tight spot. They had to jump through comic loopholes to get her back alive. That's a good. So point. I bump up against that because if they could do that, it could, it could have very easily bought, brought her back from the dead again, which would have been hilarious that she keeps <laughs> escaping death. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I've kept radio silence on all the the critiques and stuff, and I haven't read any of JJ's. Oh, very little of JJ's response to this movie. A couple of oh, things, yeah. and I'm I'm glad for it. But I, I do want to start because I, I want to hear from I want to hear from JJ that this was the movie that he wanted to make. Because I'm yeah. hearing a lot of flack and stuff online about sort of like, well, it's not quite the you know it could have been this or it might have been that. But Disney these, Brass these, made yeah, this movie. Right. They <laughs> were three and three months less yeah. to do editing, and, and not at all from outlets that I respect. Or yeah. but like. And it, all it would take for me is JJ being like, no, this is the movie I, I wanted to make. Because it feels like he had said before this, he's like, finally, you know, I don't have to do a George Lucas movie. I can do a JJ Abrams movie. I like Star Wars well, movie. And, and he said and that. It, it's a very different from Force Awakens. And he said that so much coming up to the release that maybe he's just like, I already said it. Like, yeah. this is it. Yeah, like, I'm sorry you guys yeah. don't think this is the truth, but it is. This is the movie I intended to make. This is the movie I made. And I stand it's by it. It's definitely the movie he set up. I mean, The Force Awakens, it yeah. pretty yeah. much. I mean, this it's is clear as day yeah, that yeah. she's a Palpatine in that film based on the super yeah. fight because she has shot for shot, you know, 
exact choreography of Palpatine fighting he in does. the Senate chamber. That's it's right. Like, I forgot exactly. we had that discussion. Yeah, actually, you're exact. right. There was a lot of there was actually a yeah. lot of talk about that on Reddit. About like, like her fighting style, her stabby, is stabby very style is stabby very style. Palpatine. Right. Yeah. Which is so weird that Tr- Colin Trevorrow's script did not. So I guess this was said it more than we thought, and I guess maybe he I do gave that know what Colin Trevorrow's script. May, was. <laughs> maybe he gave that to Colin Trevorrow, and Trevorrow just went, "No, yeah. I'm going to make Ray the, the the child of two drunk caretakers." Oh, was that what that was? That was, that was the no rumor idea. going around. There's a rumor, allegedly, probably not true. But if you do get your hands on the alleged Colin Trevorrow mm-hmm. plot points, that's the only. I never delve into this stuff, but I'm like, since that movie's never going to be made, I delved into it, and I'm like. I hope that's not true. <laughs> yeah, I would pay a lot of money to find out what he wanted. Like honestly, yes. what his script would be. Yeah, just for like the pure enjoyment just of like I'd thinking love... of imagining a parallel universe. Mm-hmm. Just like I'd love to see the original cut of like Rogue One and Solo. Not right. because, and I love Rogue One and Solo, but just out of that in, that yeah. curiosity to be like, what could it what have been? It? Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. I do. Uh, I, no, I love what it, I, to me this feels inevitable. Like I was just you know. We talked about like there, there had to be another force behind Kylo. We just Kylo was not he never had designs on power really. It was yeah. always about redemption. Uh, yeah. It was always just I'm a little bit in disagreement about that. I feel like That's okay. you can be The right. Last Jedi sets up uh, a supreme leader Kylo Ren in a major way. Yeah, it it it, yeah. it tries to and I'm so glad it didn't because I've been and not to be like yada 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 but I'm on record multiple times saying I do not by Kylo Ren as the supreme leader. He is yeah. emotional and he's petulant and he's a rabid cur. I guess that would be Hux as a rabid cur. He's a Skywalker. He, he's just not there. And so I was really honestly nervous that that's the movie we're going to get, which is Kylo Ren's The Big Bad, because I would never buy Kylo I Ren as The Big Bad. It. Just like I would never buy, here's a maybe a hot take, I would never buy Darth Vader as a Big Bad. Exactly. And he's the blood. Like, they're both very mm-hmm. reactionary, emotional yeah. people, and like, yes, um, you know, we saw in um, in Return of the Seventh Third movie that he was bewitched by the dark side and was yeah. like, oh, you and I can rule, you know, the you know the galaxy to his wife, and like we can do this and do all the, you know, and, and but it's like that was never really no. his primary motivation. It was just to save his wife. It was always these closer familial things, and that's the way they drew up Kylo uh, Ben yeah. Solo as well. And I just never felt like he had these designs on ruling yeah. the galaxy. Well, talking about being bewitched, like mm-hmm. we do know that Palpatine has infiltrated Kylo's mind. Yeah, you yeah. can always take that one step further and mm-hmm. and move towards a possession type storyline where it's not petulant, childlike supreme leader. It's it's, it's Palpatine in yeah. Kylo's yeah. body. I know no yeah. one likes body possession in Star Wars, but I don't know about nobody, do. but I know about me. But I know, but <laughs> but I but, but I also know it's, it's, it's part hinted of the movie. At, it's hinted in the film that this is yeah. a possible That's force. Technique. That's what we would have gotten yeah. if if Palpatine right ultimate plan played out. Do we want to talk about this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. So <laughs> so this is one thing that that I rubbed up and against not I've rubbed up against. Well, just really, I have a lot of questions surrounding. We'll say sure. That. Yeah, is that and so there is that uh, conversation and Palpatine says to Ray like strike me down and this is the whole I mean the whole Sith yeah. gang is there for this ceremony where he wants her to strike him down and he would become her which is not a great deal I don't know anyone would be like oh you're gonna possess my body and I'll be dead super that'll be like I don't yeah. know who's signing up for that I kind of read it more like we will share this body <laughs> like yeah. in a weird gross there's way you, there's me, me but we're like buddies, together we're we pals. become this we're new thing yeah. yeah right yeah 
And with that being explicitly stated, I think that supports my point that there could be another version of this film where Kylo is the main villain and you get Wraith like Palpatine because Kylo does embrace his anger and strike down Snoke. What happens after someone strikes down a Dark Lord? Let's see that next step. Yeah. Like how yeah. I felt watching this movie was like we had a perfectly good plane taking off from an airport that this crew <laughs> is trying to rebuild in midair and not, not only into, to a create a more plane. secure landing, but not only is it a bumpy landing, we have to go back to the same airport. It's Palpatine again. It's mm -hmm. a puppet master again. He's yeah. pulling the string. It's the same story we've heard three times now. Yeah. Welcome to yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But, like, but yeah. here's this the interesting thing. Battle. This does something that I kind of loved because I also am with Ben where I'm not a huge fan of, of possession stuff yeah. in Star Wars. Cloning it, and possession of Force users. Mm. But it completely re makes you reinterpret the final duel in oh. Return of the Jedi to the point that makes the fact that Anakin saved his son earlier on in that battle not just when he throws Palpatine down the shaft because what Palpatine actually wants is for Luke to strike him down he, yeah. so he can possess Luke and become Luke so when Vader stops him that's not actually what, what Palpatine wanted, wanted. Yeah. Vader actually Wait. saved his son there right which I think is fascinating. Right. And I'm sure George Lucas isn't dead, but if he was, he'd be spitting in his grave right now because <laughs> that's not what he wanted. But I kind of love I it. I kind of love it. It's sort of great. And then you go back to um, uh, Rise of the Sith and then it's the same thing. Like, I wonder if there's this mortal battle between um, Mace Windu and and Palpatine and he and you know like he can't lose in that situation. I feel like he's still very physically yeah. sound, so he doesn't really want to be struck down, or maybe he doesn't even have the knowledge. No, yet. yeah. But I don't know. Like I wonder. You know, he's like, I wonder if if he wanted Mace to strike him down, maybe, or maybe. if he wanted Anakin to strike him down. Uh, yeah, I got you one better. Maybe okay. not better, better, but like this is another thing of like the Sith and the Jedi having parallel teachings that go in mm. very separate directions. Obi Wan Kenobi, strike me down, and I'll, and I'll become, become more powerful, powerful than, than you can imagine. imagine. And more powerful means I will become one with the, the force, force and a Force ghost, and that's how I live on forever. Versus the Sith, you strike me down, I inhabit your body. body. I love Rise of Skywalker right now. <laughs> no, that's great. Uh, right? I mean, that's a pretty <laughs> obscure, interesting connection. Yeah, and I also feel I, I like it, No, I, I love everything we're talking about right now. I, a lot of people are talking about saving what you love in a very, like, kind of lighthearted, good manner, where it's like heroic characters are saving yeah. people. But Anakin in Revenge of the Sith, in that moment with Mace Windu, I think he is saving what he loves and trying to protect Padme. He is following the message that yeah. is the good side, this, 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 the, the heroic message, but it's it's actually to start this whole right. you know, domino uh, reaction yeah. of He never liked side. Mace, yeah. and Palpatine, not only being his actual father, was a right. father figure to him. Right, yeah. yeah. So saving literally Palpatine saving what he loves in both ways. Right, yeah. Um, Cool, let's jump into, uh, let's get into the Force Ghosts in this film. Um, we get only two of them, but yeah. we get two appearances of one of them, and that yeah. is Luke. That's, that, that math adds up. Right. Yep. Uh, but we, we don't get Ben Solo. No, we don't. As a Force Ghost? No. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. a Force Ghost. But we get a very powerful moment when he becomes a Force Ghost. When right. It becomes, yeah. yeah, and yeah. that is that. That was the most touching moment of the film for me. I uh, I just saw it recently in IMAX, and uh, and if you haven't seen the Rise of Skywalker on IMAX, IMAX, I I I could not uh, uh you know at, you know recommend recommend it, it more to go see an IMAX because 
there is a uh, a montage early in the film, a kind of like vision that both Kylo and Ray share early in the film that shows uh, footage you've seen in all three films. It's a kind of it, it shows you know Han's death. It shows uh, it even shows yeah. Ray jumping on the throne. Oh, right, it shows right, all this right, kind right. of prophetic imagery yeah, as well, yeah. right. and it just doesn't carry a lot of weight when you see it in a standard theater and mm. to see it in IMAX that scene just is way more powerful that montage oh, cool. is way more powerful so nice. definitely go see it in IMAX um, I just saw it recently and um, uh, we were talking about, oh yeah so when Ben fades away when he is when he fall, when he uh, disappears um, and joins the force uh, and Leia also vanishes in that moment simultaneously yeah, yeah. Oh, like her body I, it, was waiting it, for him it hit me so hard yeah. on the yeah. preview yeah yeah, yeah. I missed that the first time through. Yeah, I I, it didn't register. A lot of stuff no. doesn't click on your first viewing. There's so, so much. Fast. There's You're so like, much. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I love the Force Ghosts we get. Um, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, we talked a bit about this on and off air. Chris Terrio is a big lover of uh, Return of the Jedi. And we get very similar Return of the Jedi level force ghost right? We get the very, we get the force ghost who comes in and gives the our hero a pep talk. Yep. Right. Yep. And yeah. Then and we a... get. Then we get the two. We get the force ghosts. Most important to that person saying goodbye at the very end. Yeah. Yeah. And and we'll talk about uh, what this film, if in any way, react if it reacts to the last Jedi, refuses the last Jedi, or you know whatever. However you think this thing, re, uh, the rise of Skywalker interacts, interacts or speaks yeah. to the oh, the yes. last Jedi. We'll talk yeah. about that in a second. But that Luke scene on Oct two, uh, a lot of people are reading that as a kind of repudiation <sighs> of the Luke we get in the last Jedi. I yeah. would see it as an organic evolution, evolution. of the Luke we see. We, in the last, the Jedi. last yeah. thing we see with Luke in the last Jedi is him basically saying, "I was wrong for the last two hours. I yeah. missed it all." And the same thing yeah. with him getting his own pep talk from his Force Ghost mentor, like. Well, that's why I love this moment, and I could see him when he catches that when he catches the the lightsaber that Ray throws in Tross and saying like, D- "You have to treat this with more, more respect. respect." He has a smirk on his face. It's yeah. it's him kind of commenting on his own feelings in the last one, not saying I shouldn't have thrown it away, but that I learned anyway. I don't. Yes, it's I, playful and fun like is. Yoda's yeah. Force Ghost was always with young Skywalker. You know, it was mm-hmm. just. He was making fun of himself. And, yeah, I thought and it was he, a beautiful payoff to the scene where he, yeah. threw, he tosses yeah, the saber yeah, over yeah. his shoulder. Yes, yeah. yeah. Not not ignoring it, but but like you said, an evolution. It makes yeah. total sense to me. Uh, and I love that moment. I love when Luke lifts, lifts the X-Wing. Uh, I thought that oh. was really... I, the one thing I really regret not seeing in the sequel trilogy is Luke in an X-Wing. Like, that is the one thing I so wanted mm. in the sequel trilogy. I, an old Luke piloting an X-Wing. I always felt uh, the pilot Luke and the Jedi Luke were two very important Lukes that yeah. should be distinguished. And Yeah. I, but he's very much a mystic in the last that's Jedi. That's the thing. The like, I think he left that text. part of yeah. saying He's very much behind. a... Uh, kind of shamanistic Jedi at that point. I think something I have to constantly Shamanic. remind myself of is these movies takes place 35 years later. Right. Right. Like I don't need to see 70 year old Luke in an X-Wing. Just like I love Wedge's little cameo for two seconds in this film. But man, I don't know. That's an old dude running a gun. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I think I, I've mentioned this in previous uh, podcasts, but I wanted, I, I would have liked to see uh, some more active Luke being a Jedi in um 
in uh, the Force in the Last Jedi. Yeah, him actually on an adventure with with Ray, you know, doing some, you know, doing some cool Jedi stuff. You know, I mean, this we, is we got a yeah, different movie. It yeah. was a cool, cool movie. No regrets, but that's just my own selfish desire was to you know see more Luke being Luke. But we even like get you a little said, bit of, it doesn't make really. But sense I mean, for, I, now to completely take back what I just said because I was like, well, we don't really see it in the in the original trilogy, but we do, right? We actually do get. Ben Kenobi follows him along onto the Death Star and goes and turns off the shields. Like he has his own little mission. It's not action packed and adventurous, right. yeah. but he does do something. He does right? some, like, Jedi, he stuff. Does some yeah. Jedi stuff. So it is interesting, right? Like Luke yeah. is mind I mean, tricks. We, uh-huh. we get that at the very end of the film, right? We do get we do get Force projection. Luke doing his thing, which is kind of they instead of doing it in the middle of the film, they swap it to the end. But it feels less real because we know it's a Force projection. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, his action, you know, speaks so many words at the end of The Last Jedi. Like, you, you totally understand where his character has developed toward to and yeah. what he is at the end of that film. But um, there is really no, like, no end to the cynicism. Like, he, even in that moment with Kylo, he's a bit of a cynic still. And I feel like... Hopeful cynic. Uh, yeah. Slightly, Everything yeah. you said in that sentence was wrong. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's just, he's just, he's just still cynic. I think there could have been a, a, a more dynamic turn for Luke where he's like oh I'm gonna I'm I was broken and now I believe again and you he, I, I think that could have happened somewhere in the film but nonetheless I really love where he ends up at the end of the last Jedi and um and talking about Luke in an X-Wing I feel like uh it just it just I've always loved pilot Luke as much yeah. as I've loved Jedi it's, Luke yeah. and I yeah. feel like yeah. it's just something I've always wanted but nonetheless he lifts the he lifts the Jedi the, the, the X-Wing egg, out yeah, of the red five red Here's five what I know. out of the water if he gave it to me I would have loved it yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, if that yeah. scene happened, I wouldn't have been like grumpy in my seat. I would have been clapping. But. I did. I did want to see the rebirth of Red Five. Like they teased it, they showed it underwater. Then you know it's right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that they gave me that was pretty good. I, Again, I can, I can forgive a lot for forgiving. I mean, the I think we're organically. We get Ray in Red Five with the helmet on that she was wearing. Yeah, and it's at great. her AT so home. Can like, we just say at this moment we've shifted into the next topic, which is talking about the relationship between this movie and the Last Jedi? Yeah, let's or do you want to yeah. talk about the Force? I think we've talked. About the Force Ghost. I mean, we, obviously, we see the twins at the end of the film. Uh, Love that moment. They're, yeah. they're her real parents. Yep. They're in in chronological order, but together again. Like yeah. they're she is a Skywalker because she was you know yeah. raised and loved and given a connection to the Force by Luke and Leia. Leia, both. I I think I talked about on that original reaction. I was kind of bumped up against the fact that Kylo wasn't there. At Me first. too. Yeah, yeah. I've now and you guys both said no. I'm fine with it, and here's why. Yeah, yeah, and now I've shifted over to your side of it in terms of like, no, it's her, it's her adoptive. It's both her masters. I think yeah. Ben, you said that it's both her masters, and I kind of love that. That Ben doesn't need the bear. They had their moment. They yeah. had their moment of saying goodbye and rescuing each other, and yada yada. They yada. had their like, yeah, their Shakespearean moment together. Right. You know, yeah. the, the it was Romeo and Juliet it, to me. I, I don't know. I, it would have been weird if you showed because like here are my two masters and my weird boyfriend. <laughs> right, exactly. That was like creeping, sort of like whatever. But yeah. yeah. It, <laughs> I, I just I I loved Ben like I wanted I the redemption ben of Ben Solo yeah and I love Ben Solo like oh, that so I could good. use ten more minutes of Ben yeah. Solo because because of how much they made him more like Han Solo I know than than know. Leia even like I didn't expect them to go that way it was the ultimate and, character and so that like good. that that, amazing. that pulled at my heartstrings more than anything I mean and and he did it in um the Force Awakens too when the when you show him in the uh, the tie uh what is that one called. The, the silencer? 
Silencer, thank you. Yeah. Silencer and then the Whisper is what they use in the, right. in, in the, the Rise of uh, uh, Skywalker. Cool. But the uh, Silencer, yeah. like just seeing him in that ship, you're like, oh, that's no, that's that's yeah, not Ru- Leia. That's 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 Han Solo. That's right a there. Ben Solo payoff right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a little upsetting that he doesn't appear at the end of the film. And it's in talking about how the Rise of Skywalker speaks to the Last Jedi. We know that Luke's last word to to Kylo is, "I'll see you around, kid." kid yeah. I didn't think that meant in death. Like I, I, that was the last thing I thought of. I thought, yeah, I thought a lot. A lot I think a lot of us thought Luke was going to have an interaction just, with Kylo haunt him. during the story. <laughs> yeah, during yeah. The, the the plot of the film, I thought Luke was going to pop up at some point and 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 chastise you know yeah. Kylo. Yeah, but he also I don't know. I, I thought it was a. I mean, it's clearly an homage to to a classic Han Solo line. Yeah, and there was there seemed like even when. I, Oh wait, no. So Luke also mentioned in that conversation, he was like, "Just like your father will haunt you and be with you forever, I will also be. Right. You know, if you strike me down, I will, I will also be with you." And which we get both payoffs. Which is amazing. Not to bring in the Han Solo thing again, but I never thought we'd see, get that scene of like literally Han Solo haunting him. Well, figuratively, literally haunting him, right. haunting yeah. his memories. But like he's saying memories. Yeah. Yeah, but that's amazing that I actually got that payoff. That's that of any line in the Last Jedi. That yeah. is not the line I thought we'd actually get the payoff. It's so on classic screen. myth where you yeah. see, you know, your, yeah. you know, the, an image of your your dead father, and like, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it is not in the same way. Like they didn't give him the gauzy appearance. It was just like yeah. he was just there, and like that's when he realized, you know, changed his life. And talking about how this film speaks to other films in the sequel trilogy, like that enhanced the Force Awakens for me in such Agreed. a big way. I was like, Agreed. I really am going to enjoy watching the catwalk scene again, knowing the payoff is this on the Death Star wreckage. It's like really, really touching. Uh, Adam Driver's delivery of that line, <sighs> "Dad," Ugh, just I'm gut right it. I just destroyed. Yeah. I was. It was. Yeah. And like Harrison Ford, like I, to be honest, late era Harrison Ford, I can take or leave sometimes. Sometimes oh, he phones it watch in. Your mouth. Sometimes he's great. Crystal Skull. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing like Blade Runner 2049. Is, right. Good. Like him. He's great. Yeah. yeah. Does it perfectly. Right. I feel like he's finally come back alive. And I feel like The Force Awakens was him starting to come back to it. And I have a very, we've gotten into arguments in this in this podcast before where I think his, his delivery in The Force Awakens, there are moments where he's amazing. And there's moments where he's still kind of like old grumpy Harrison Ford. Like it's half and half to me. Certain things I love, certain things I'm like, okay, you could take another take there. Probably pre and post getting his leg crushed by the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> um, that this two minutes might be the best hair like late era Harrison Ford acting I've ever seen. Mm. Like he he feels more like Han Solo in that moment than all to me of all of Force Awakens. And I like him in Force Awakens, but he felt like Han Solo yeah. to me in that moment, saying goodbye to his son to the point where I'm like, I gotta stop talking because I'm gonna start crying right now. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. A really powerful scene. Um, I can't wait to own this movie. Because there's just scenes like that that I just want to rewatch, would. and I never want to rewatch anything in any movies. But there's some things that I just want to like, just like have yeah. part of my do you, soul. Do you know what makes me so angry right now? What's that? That that they gave this out to anyone who's part of the academy as screeners right now. So like, scre- people in the who are part of the uh, academy are sitting at home. Like Kevin Smith has watched this film twenty times. Twenty because he has a Blu-ray version of this. He watches and I love that man. And I next time I see him in like February because I'm seeing him, I. At a show, I might punch him in the face for the fact that he's gotten a screener of this. 
That sounds yeah. fair. And I feel like this is a highly rewatchable film, especially with mm-hmm. like the light speed mm-hmm. skipping in the beginning. I think you could watch that like 10 times. Yeah. In a and row that's a metaphor for going. this movie. Right. Yeah, this and movie is light speed skipping. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. the yeah. pacing yeah. of the in, film. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's like in each one of these little scenes, like the light speed skipping scene, like just yeah. to look at that for a while and be like, wait. Because like, I was like, are they going interdimensional? Like, why is there <laughs> yeah. nowhere up or down? <laughs> why is, are they in this space? Or is this like, yeah, like what are they Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, and there's a lot of people talking about how this movie could be like it, some people think it's retconning the Last Jedi, some people Ugh. think it's refuting the Last Jedi, some people think it's like a, no, it's a, no, sorry, good, yeah, you know, some people just think it's going in the face of everything that Ryan Johnson set up and no. democratization no. of the Force and how we get Ray Skywalker at the end and how she was a nobody and there's a power in the message of of a nobody rising up to be a somebody and all this kind of stuff and. And her being a Skywalker at the end. Kind of, a lot of people, I think, speculated that she was going to be Ray Skywalker because there was a nice ring to the, I mean, how that sounded initially in The Force Awakens. We've talked about, about this being an adoption story from right. the start. Yeah. Like, yeah. Since we started this podcast 102 episodes ago. Well, yeah. you guys started 102 episodes ago. I started 97 episodes <laughs> ago. but uh, uh, Or something like that. But like, it's an adoption story it, at its heart, and I love it for that. And it's so meaningful to anyone and, and to other people in particular. But like... I always knew she was a Skywalker. I always knew she was going to up as a Skywalker, whether it was blood mm. or by adoption. Yeah, I had a good feeling. Like, the name sounds pretty, yeah. Nice like bring to it. I you go to go. By the way, go to Wikipedia and type in Ray right now, and you pull up Ray's page right now. It's Ray Skywalker wow. on Wikipedia. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, that's and I, cool. I like it's fine. She's like I almost feel like if there's one scene that proves that JJ was so trying to honor what Ryan did it's the clunkifying scene <laughs> where he goes see you really did come from nobodies because they actually were nobodies even though they were the Palpatine's son yeah as opposed to just saying like that scene to me stands out of like to be that proves that JJ was really trying to iron or what Ryan set up as opposed right. to just saying I don't know the evil dude lied to you yeah <laughs> Like, right to me, which what is seems even more, JJ, yeah. I mean, even Ryan's commented on that. When you talk to Ryan, he even just says, "I don't know, was he telling the truth?" Like he says yeah. that all the time. Of like, maybe he was telling the truth, maybe he wasn't. It's yeah. it's faulty. It's it's uh, anyway. Sorry. Yeah, and it was offering Ray another major challenge that she comes from a dark legacy. Like that is that's yeah. another fascinating challenge for a character to deal with. Yeah, it's upping the stakes. It's 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 making her arc far more dynamic in that she could turn to the dark side now and we it's, it's now more clear than ever that she could turn to the dark side in the last Jedi you had hints that she was she would go to the dark but you never yeah. had this this it's it was never out you know explicit that yeah you have the dark side in you you come from a line of dark side the pa- a palpatine a palpatine saves the galaxy renounces the name <laughs> yeah. and chooses the name skywalker right. that's freaking beautiful yeah. Like from an entire nine story tone poemy, like yeah. Lucas right. never thought of this in his life. I hope Lucas is happy about this. I'm sure he's not because it's not a whole thing about the wills the and will- microscosms <laughs> and whatever. Right. But like that's yeah. an amazing message, an amazing story that honors all the films that came before. Yeah, and I and love I, that Palpatine gets his come up. It's at the end. Yeah, and <laughs> like, I don't think I your don't blood be, destroyed you. Sorry, you shouldn't be quick to judge the rise of Skywalker and how it refutes the Last Jedi because I don't think mm. it does at all. I think it enhances the Last Jedi. If you look back yeah. at the tree scene when when Ray goes into the, the tree on Octu yeah. and sees the sacred texts, and Luke is perplexed of why she's there, why she came. Doc too, and you know as an audience that she's Palpatine. 
a, a Palpatine. Like there is so much power in that moment that's added to that moment. Like Luke yeah. has a bad feeling about this. He is trying to almost protect the text from people like this. Who yeah, are, it's it really enhances that scene. Go back watch that scene. It's yeah. fascinating. It's as if Luke is very guarded in that moment, as yeah. he should be. Yeah, this is a Palpatine. Be. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it's beautiful. I, I think. I mean, we could do a whole episode going scene for scene through. Um, the Last Jedi, because I think this just shake hands shakes hands with it um, in a million ways. In fact, I've got to go back and look at the Last Jedi again in sort of response to this, because they, I mean, it almost every aspect of it, you know, at least as, as it revolves around Rey, they they works together. You just understand. Yeah. It's like it makes sense, like why they come together and just like you know kick the smoke out of all the Praetorian guards mm-hmm. and like can fight together like that and you know, their, their connection together and, you know, what they see. And I don't know, it's, it's, I mean, he honors everything that Ryan Johnson yeah. does in, in his movie. I think so. So we're kind of, we've talked off air a little bit about like, you know, we're going to get into the summer and there's not going to be a ton of content. Yeah. There's going to be comics and maybe some books here and there, which we've had in the past. We look back to our, you know, two years of podcasting. We've had those lean times. Right. And we did a book club. By the way, not a shout out, but go listen to our Campbell Here of a Thousand Faces. Faces series. Right? Series, yeah, that's which is my great. favorite stuff we did. And we've talked about doing book clubs where we go back and look at either some of the old EU or looking at some of the new stuff, which I like. Yeah. When I'm just going to propose this on air live. Feel free to cut it, Ben. But I think when The Rise of Skywalker comes out in video sometime in the spring, video. How old am I? Comes out. It comes out on tape. Tape. VHS, <laughs> yes. I think. In, yeah, exactly. Uh, in the spring. It would be fun to do, we'll do our, you know, watch it in reaction, but I think it'd be fun to do a series where we rewatch the sequel trilogy. Yeah, the sequel specifically. And do like, here's an episode that we rewatched The Force Awakens and talk about what does The Force Awakens mean in relation to The Rise of Skywalker? What does yeah. um, The Last Jedi mean in relation to The Rise of Skywalker? That yeah. specifically does that because there's so much there to mine, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of really interesting stuff there. Mm-hmm. So let's jump to a down note that a lot of people are talking about. And that is Rose's reduced uh, role yeah. in this film. Yeah. So I've been kind of like when I've been reacting to certain criticisms, um, some of them I've kind of been like, yeah, I get it from what you're saying from a film standpoint. It doesn't bother me. Like I, it feels I've felt like less. Um, it's had less of an impact on me. The, mm-hmm. the, 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 some of the criticisms of this film was compared to like The Last Jedi. This is one, though, that that I kind of agree with. I'm a little bummed out about it. I don't think it was done. Um, I don't think it was done at all consciously on JJ's part. I think from a filmmaker, JJ was probably like, "This isn't my character. I didn't create this character. I don't feel a connection to this character. I don't. I don't want to write for this character necessarily." Which happens with filmmakers. Right. But I think with so much of how this, what happened post the Last Jedi, it just seems not well thought out. Yeah, I. Yeah, if 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 I think this is kind of one of the more problem problematic. Uh, mm-hmm. parts of the film for me was I thought Rose didn't have a great arc in the two films that she's in and uh, I feel like a, a way to fix that would be to you know get rid of the Beaumont Kin character yeah. and give her all those lines but also maybe Poe and Finn aren't the ones who become the general maybe Leia passes it off to Rose or maybe Poe says makes the right decision after The Last Jedi and says you know what I 
Rose should be the general because she's right, learned yeah. she's learned up on all the ships. She's going to make the right move at the right time. Like he could have really learned from the last Jedi. Well, I need passed. both of you. Yeah, right. exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think well, I I just loved the sound. I loved the uh, the, the the ring of General Tico, you know, of the the, the cruiser or Ghana or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that would be, really nice. be really 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 beautiful. Not again to talk about us 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 and what we've said, but that's when we were hypothesizing what they were going to do with Rose yeah. in this movie. We all kind of settled on Imagine she's going to be leading it. Yeah, 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 me too. Yeah. To 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 play JJ's yeah. advocate here. Yeah, perfect. Um, yeah. I it didn't bother me at all. I didn't notice it. I agree. Mm-hmm. Like it, to be like politically conscious, it makes more sense to give her a larger role. Like she's she is a great character, um, and, and it would make sense to tie her back in and do some things. I do think though that like it just didn't make sense. Like when it, it's boiled down to it, she's a mechanic, and she's also Ryan Johnson's character. Yeah. And so it's sort of, I mean, that boxes her in in a little ways. So another thing, we we all just watched, and we, we haven't talked about it, but we all just watched, um, uh, we all listened to a podcast, actually. So we're now podcasting about a podcast, so get ready. <laughs> I already did it, so, that. Yeah. Um, But we listened to the rough cut. Um, they interviewed uh, Marianne Brandon, um, the editor of this movie, yeah. of The Rise of Skywalker. And um, one of, one line that she said that stood out specifically to me was like, She's like, these times are polarizing enough. We did not want to make a polarizing movie. And I would say there's a lot of dog whistle uh, liberalism in there, which I really enjoyed. And if you didn't get it, super. Um, I They spoke to yeah, me in yes. very yeah. hopeful in, and, and empowering ways that I really liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, um, but yeah, in The Rise of Skywalker, I really felt like, you know, it's just like there's more of us. I just, I thought it was like really empowering, great thing, but they didn't want to oh, make yeah. it overtly political. And so, I mean, I think that's a reason why maybe they stayed but I, away but, from Rose. But, but making a character, giving a character her, like, I don't want to say do, but like, like, like yeah. giving a character who was an important part of the last movie her arc. I don't know if that's. I, I thought that was a setup well, for a bigger arc that would take place in this right. film, where you see that she yeah. makes when it come when it comes down to the wire and they're in war, they're in a war war like scenario. Uh, she makes the right decision. Yes. And so you pay that off with making her the general of the resistance. Like By, you, you, that's how right, you pay that off. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's weird tough. because she makes that point to Finn, but the guy that needs to hear that the most is Poe. Yes. And, but Poe understands it. He's the one that called off the retreat, right? Like that was Poe's defining moment where he's like, you know what? Lives are more important. We don't want to lose lives and, and we need to turn this, this assault around on crate. And, but she's the one that's like, Finn, seriously, don't do this. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's by her running up, in Rise of Skywalker and being like, I'm not coming with you. I'm going to stay here. feels so much more like a, ha, ha, see, we're trying to, we're trying to be okay. See guys, I know, I know boys don't like girls and don't like girls who are strong. Well, you right. can cut this out, but I'm going to say it. We're like, we're like, I know, I know she doesn't look like you and she's, she's a girl and she doesn't have the same bits you have. And so, you know, we're just going to put her in wherever. <laughs> but my point is, is that I feel like that, you know, to to cut her out in that way feels like more like you're trying to appease than than tell story. Like, don't put that scene in there. Just don't address it then. Like, don't have that really awkward scene of just like, I'm not coming with you because I have to stay here for reasons. For reasons. Yeah. Uh, to, to JJ's credit, she does like run on that Star Destroyer and whip out a blaster and there's like yeah. some action So shots. does Beaumont Kin. 
Yeah, well, so, so Bomakin has a different background, all right? <laughs> As we'll know from the uh, Visual Dictionary, Bomakin is an academic, like certain members of this podcast. Do you mean Adam? the two-page spread that Beaumont Kim gets as opposed to one corner of a page that Rose gets? Uh, Rose yeah, I'm gets glad so we good. talked about Rose first and our grievances about Rose. And now let's talk about the new characters, one of which is Beaumont Kim. Yeah. So Beaumont I also Kim. like Beaumont Kim. Yeah, he was great. So it's Dominic Monaghan's character. He's, he's Mr. Expository. He really is. Captain yeah. Expository. But now the fact that we know he's an academic, we, that means it makes more sense. I might have we a soft no spot for him yeah. <laughs> for some reason. It makes no we, you have no clue that he's an academic in the movie other than the fact that he does expository all the time. Uh, but now it makes more sense. No, mm-hmm. I, no I, dude, I love the I love the actor. Yeah. Um and I love the role he plays. I just I mean there's I'm I'm blatantly making excuses for JJ and their their decision, but I think it's just like they're just like, you know what? We're just going to leave it alone. We're yeah. just going to leave it alone and then and we're going to have this new character that fits it better. That's a character that this is, I mean, Monahan is clearly JJ's guy. He's been in a ton of his stuff, and he wanted to use him, and he did a great job. He, does, he, is, he did, yeah. I mean, did. there's so many, like, one-line expositories that happen yeah, yeah. in this movie by various characters. You know, Zori Bliss and Lando Calrissian and, you know, Rose Tico. And, like, and it, like they all have a little piece, like, one line. They give them, you get one sentence to expose something about, you know, about about this movie, but right. um, Beaumont, old Beaumont Kin seems to have about like four or five. I really like him, and I and I and, and that's the thing. Like that's why I kind of wish they gave Rose a little more her due because I would have enjoyed him more. Because part of me is just like trying to like shove him in, shove her into that role to give yeah. them something to do. But I really do like him. I think he does a good job, and I always right. enjoy him when I see him and stuff. I have a soft spot for Charlie from Lost. Exactly, me too. You yeah, one of the, one of the more interesting it. characters for sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, Beaumont Kin was great. It was nice to have a, a kind of a expert on like all things Sith with the Resistance. So yeah. you could actually learn about that stuff. You wouldn't just have Poe being yeah. perplexed that they returned. You'd have some guy who's kind of got the but next. You don't know why Beaumont knows all this yeah. stuff in the movie, which is <laughs> no. a bit problematic if you spend time thinking about it. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. you shouldn't, by the way. No. Don't think about any of that <laughs> stuff. Don't, uh, don't, through, and don't go through any of this exercise. Other new characters. Yeah, can I talk about yeah. my go favorite new Ooh, new character? Quote, which, your air quotes I'm seeing right now. <laughs> yes, because this is not a new character. This is a character we know well. Oh, my favorite new character is Rothgar Deng. Huh. Do you know who Rothgar Geng is? No, but it sounds so familiar. So all of you at home, read along. Flip to page 137. I got there. And this may be the first post I put on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> if you're also listening, go to our Instagram account. Uh, Core World News. Oh my god! First of all, the scariest looking face I've ever seen yes. in my life. But the fact is, I've seen it before. We've all seen this person before. Because you know who this person is? Rothgar is an old and experienced Karelian bounty hunter who is likely operating under an alias. Rothgar Dang. Huh? Dang. Dang. Rothgar. Dang is Rothgar. Rothgar is Dang. This is Dengar, folks. Uh, Calling it now. He's been subjecting himself to cybernetic replacements in a poorly planned bid to live and work forever. Good thinking, Dengar. As age began slowing his reflexes and dulling his senses, Rothgar turned to a black market surgical clinics to replace damaged or wizened body parts with ones that will give him an advantage in his dangerous trade. Poor decision making has led to a ghastly appearance. <laughs> Dengar. So Dengar. They have found a way to make the character I hate the most into one of my favorite characters. 
And I feel like he's like he's just doing a very mundane thing in the film, right? Like they just like he's walk just standing by there. And he's just he's standing. at the bar. Yeah, yeah. He's just at a bar. He's at the bar with uh, yeah. John Williams. Oh, yeah, that's right, John Williams it, on Kajimi. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. It Kijimi. looks like someone cut off all the skin on his head, yeah. and then put it over Ralph's coffee can. <laughs> <laughs> so and not, that's his head. And then he has sort of a robotic like. Uh, Oh, sorry, heavily armored vital organ bank that is uh, also known as a torso for you and I. A couple fake arms, but his legs could be organic. It is, he's something to behold. Yeah. And he lives on uh, Kijimi, so we, we see this character yeah. on Kijimi. We can assume he's also been just killed with Kijimi. Yeah. <laughs> that planet does explode. Does the, oh, is that the true end They of did, they sort. Yeah. But however, Zori made it. Zori made it. Also, uh, if Rogue One taught us anything, it's that Doctor Evazan and oh, Walrus Man, again, yeah. name his name, make it out alive. So, so I don't think Dengar's story is over yet. I'm sorry. I hope. Are Rothgar you saying you, Deng? Sorry, Rothgar Deng. Wink, wink. <laughs> Are, so you're saying you want more Rothgar Deng? I do. I want the story now. You've made wow. Dengar interesting to me. How the turn well done. Yeah, <laughs> Rothgar Deng. Yeah, Rothgar a Dengar Deng. story. Yeah, a Dengar, <laughs> Dengar story. <laughs> Um, can we talk about some other random the other Kajimi character which I like again this is why I love the visual dictionary same page um, oh. Carib Dis oh my goodness um, I love these it is it is a grotesque thing out of Hellraiser <laughs> yeah it is it is but it's so, also very much I mean we've been talking about Return of the King a yes, lot lately it totally this is this is the mouthpiece of, Sa- of uh, Sauron so, Sauron yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the mouth of Sauron in the it mouth totally of Sauron, is. right? Yeah, like it's it's the exact and same character. I like just I you know I won't make Ben re- read the whole thing like they did for uh, Rothgar Dang. Sorry, I had to for no, Rothgar I, Deng. no, that was important. Uh, totally, that. <laughs> thank you for that. But like he basically has this grotesque mouth of fangs, and his all of his sensory organs are behind his mouth, yeah. so he has eyeballs behind his. Teeth. So basically, he would have to walk around with his mouth agape to see things. So he has this yeah. sensory disc on his head, like. They just, I just love the fact that, like, they just, whoever was in the creature department just made this cool looking thing yeah. and did it. And then, like, and then Pablo and the other people just had to, like, make this whole backstory that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, like, oh, yeah, you're in. And I mean, some of these characters, they, uh, all of these characters are fantastic, but some are really standout amazing. Yeah. There was, like, one, um, oh, another character is this, like, Fadoff oh, yeah. Davenspoon. Yeah. No, the, uh, the Kijimi native. They're, like, they look like yeah. the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man if the Stay Puft <laughs> Marshmallow Man was wearing a vest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, da- a dapper uh, Stay yeah. Puft. It's kind of like, it's just a great, I mean, also I Babu Frick is amazing. I mean, yeah, I think I think Grant had, like Grant had turned his page to 145 to look at Babu Frick, so let's talk Babu Frick. Oh my goodness. I think this is the greatest creation in this film. Like, I, I yeah. love this character. Love uh, this character. Um, voiced by, and I can't think of the actress's name, but she does Moaning Myrtle in the, um, in Harry, the Potter? Harry Potter oh, wow. okay. films. Yeah, oh, right. I, I fell in love with this character immediately. I love that he is talking to droids all day, and you know, when he repairs a droid and he gets its, uh, its yeah. neural processor yeah. working again, he's like gets, psyched to talk he's like, to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gets some of the best like um, comedy moments with C three PO. Like, this is my oldest friend, Babu Frick. Is one of is right. Line. Yeah, that's great. I love yeah. that he's in the ship with Zori Bliss. Like at the end, like where he's just like, ah, I'm here too. Yeah, it like, worked uh, better than the Porg moment that they did in Last Jedi, which is the one moment I bump up against the Porgs. <laughs> Porgs. Like, I almost feel like Zori Bliss and Babu Frick got out of Kajimi so we can get a Disney Plus show. Like, oh yeah, yeah. we have not. He's seen in the, the crew. Time. He's in the Spice Runner crew that she's the, yeah. the leader of, or whatever. And 
Maybe Dang. Man, maybe I would be, I would be down for that Dang show. Dang is part of that. Yeah. Along with Kid Malmash. <laughs> Where's Kid Malmash? Kid Malmash, page oh, 183. Oh my he looks like a Bow Bow Bun, and he makes me hungry every time I look at him. Ooh, oh, he bow. is a Bow Bow Bun. I want to like eat his little... head. <laughs> Ooh, Moons of Endor. Oh, my goodness. Anyone, anyone watched on Disney Plus the short Bow yet? No. I did. I love that movie. It's yeah, really great. It's great. It also makes you cry a lot. <laughs> Yeah, some beautiful, oh, beautiful designs. Yeah, yeah. Kid Malmush. Kid Malmush. <laughs> Malmush. 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 Shungbeak has yeah. yet to pupate. <laughs> oh. Oh, he hasn't pupated yet, so he's like a worm that hasn't <laughs> become a butterfly. <laughs> they, you know, they made some interesting connections. That reminds me to um, the um, to uh, 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 the uh, Mandalorian because uh, I think it's Dengar or, or the other guy we were talking about. He has the whistling... Oh yeah, the, whatever uh, those the whistling birds, the, flute, the whistling the birds. flute that that Kabuzian uses. In the no, he's the whistling no. bird. Um, oh, the, the device, the device, device the whistling bird. Yeah, and there's his, also his wrist rockets. Yeah. So this is great because I did not, I did not mark this off because my brain forgot and then it just clicked back in. So this is gonna be real fun for listeners who are screaming right now. <laughs> um, so remember in the opening episode of The Mandalorian, played by Horatio Sands, there's that animal who hasn't, there's that creature who hasn't gone through pupating whatever right, right, right. there's a version of that in this film is that the next oh, really? version of this and i can't remember where he was oh, and i was right really now. hoping someone else would have caught this and it would have been like a great moment it's june it's, yes i got there too 96 a post a post fledgling mithral right on no page kidding. 96 He's part of the resistance, so that's what he would look like after. So he's uh, emptied his thorax. He's actually he's emptied. No, because thorax is when they go. Oh, Jun Gobin. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he looks uh, still looks pretty similar. Honestly. A little bit, a little bit more of like barbed coloring face around after face molting, and, so he yeah, gets some so barbs. barbs. Yeah. So it's like little fun things like that, which is post fledgling. Like what came first? It's just so fascinating. <laughs> I love that. That's the stuff like I can't get enough of, and it's like you know we saw Jun Gobin for like probably a frame. I, yeah, but knows? like, uh, still awesome. And now we know, like, th- that's just a great, like, I-, I love how everyone involved with Lucasfilm right now is dead set on making the galaxy larger with every movie. Like, yeah, they should, yeah, they, yeah. like, should be ex- grow exponentially well, each time. And these are the sort of things that make it awesome. They get what Star Wars, right? They, this is, they, they just yeah. realize that it's the, it's, 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 you know, it's Mos Eisley Cantina, right? Yeah. And you just always have things walking around in the background because you, you're like, what is that? Yeah, yeah. You, you, you get a blurb in, a, in your visual dictionary, and then you get a comic book series, and then you get a, a section of a novel, and then suddenly you have a Star Wars story about them. Mm. Yeah, and I love how many aliens there are in the Resistance now. <clears throat> I remember in the Last Jedi, it was it was primarily human, uh, except for the uh, for Nine Nub and um, those those uh, those creatures named after uh, or the other the other pilot in Black Squadron. I'm blanking on the oh, species. Oh, uh, Abinet. Yeah, Abinet. Yeah. You get Abinettos, yeah. you get Nine but that's, uh, that's Celestines, but that's about it. Like, yeah. It's really yeah. primarily human. And in, in this movie, it's just beautiful how diverse the resistance is. There's yeah. so many alien species that are helping out with this cause. So I super enjoy that. I really think the creature department outdid themselves on this one, especially. So in this section of the unaffiliated, which is back towards the end of this, I don't remember seeing many of these characters I know the Crimson Cosair is there and you guys remember seeing yeah. it in the film yeah. when do these people come into play is this at the very end when they're giant battle this is, no this is the celebration this yeah. is celebration oh. post battle so post battle okay that makes yeah. sense I was is just wondering no wait it's Ajun Ajun oh, yeah. there is a section where they go indoors Klaus. we see yeah. we see uh, Widget and his son yeah, 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 poor yeah. daughter Sorry. his offspring oh that really Wicket Wicket 
What did I say? Widget. Yeah, Widget. <laughs> Widget. Wicket. Wicket. That's Wicket? Yeah. That's, that's Wicket. That's, uh, Warwick Davis. And Warwick Davis came son. back to yeah. play Wicket and yeah. his son. And is it his actual son? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't it's realize that. son? Oh, yeah. Well, and, yeah, Warwick Davis. And Warwick Davis' son. So it's both. Yeah. It's both. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's so great. Um, yeah, that's so beautiful to have your family represented in Star Wars. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Um, great. So let's go to general general uh, talking points, whatever you want to mention that you didn't mention thus far. Okay. About the rise of Skywalker, anything you're, you're thinking about that you, you we didn't mention our reaction podcast, like whatever, whatever you 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 want to talk about more. Um, so there was, I don't know. So we, we're still speaking uh, specifically on this book. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, so there was one the Falanasi technique. Oh, okay. So the, the, they described in detail what um, the technique used by Luke to do his astral projection. It was called the Falanasi technique, mm-hmm. um, called uh, Simil Futura, and this is what force projection is, which is really cool. Um, but there's also, they also talk a lot about transportative virgins, which is like kind of interesting, but I think what they're alluding at to, and it's sort of, I'm, this is me cobbling together some facts. Yeah, welcome to Star Wars. But it's, it's sort of like how, um, uh, Palpatine, he could physically transport himself out of the Death Star to Exegol. Like, so he didn't just, he didn't crash with the ship, but it was like this sort of this technique where you, it's it's not just this like simul futura that's like a fake transportation. It's an actual transportation that takes, you know, a bunch of your energy uh, to move you around. So So that's why we see all that forest explosion at the very end was supposed to be at the end of Return No, I think that was an honest explosion, but I think he used this technique to to get the F out of Dodge. Okay, so... I I try not to dig deep on that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You can hear my brain slowly cracking. I can hear your mouth hating this. (laughs) So here's... here. I'm going to give some... um, I'm going to give a little bit of credit to... the hell's the Hobbit's name? Beaumont Kim. Beaumont Kim. Kim. Where can I find Beaumont Kim? Right there, oh. you just passed it. Uh, dark Science, Cloning, Secrets Only a Sith New. So, Dark Science and Cloning. So, my head can. <laughs> All right. Take with it what you will. I'm sure they're going to get rid of this. I, I like, my thought is, Palps died on the Death Star. I'm okay. with you on that. Actually, I agree. And that the, the whole, because at the same time, they are building up this cult of Siths in the Unknown Regions on Exegol. Like, that's happening. Okay. They're aware during all of the original trilogy that there's a Sith Lord in power. They're waiting for their time. They're biding their time. Palpatine dies. The cloning stuff we know Palps is involved with. They come back. Somehow they get his his essence, probably from the wreckage of the Death Star, they have his cloning. physical body too, though, and right? physical body. So they clone, and part of it is cloning plus dark magic equals the rise of Palpatine. But it's not complete, and that's why he's rotting and not great. And he needs this thing that he's just mm, kept alive by being spirit. on a yeah. on a on a weird Kimball arm and with uh, tons of like whatever being pumped through a, a hose. Yeah, there's some kind him. of blue liquid that's being. You know, like so that's probably Bacta, right? Probably yeah, Bacta, Bacta yeah. or something. That's my head canon is that he was actually brought back to life from this. I actually agree with you because I think this okay. the Sith yeah. Eternal goes way further back than the actual the actual yeah. saga films. Yeah. I mean, so they seems retrieved like his corpse and like reanimated it. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I uh, I don't know if they even. Ret- I feel like he's does. I feel like he was also grown. Because he doesn't have the so same. You think, so this is a new he's corporeal not, form. He, he's not as disfigured as he was in Return of the Jedi. I thought he was. 
I, I mean, the fingers, so. I thought that was what was... The fingers were... He's definitely decayed. He's decayed. He's decayed. Why would you create a body that had but I think they, up fingers? So I think part of it is they can't... Something about the... And again, headcanon creating it with all this... They can't contain all of this dark side power in him that the body they made is incomplete, which is why Snoke is such a weird-ass-looking thing. Yeah, yeah. They, they can't quite create a perfect yeah. body form, which is why he has this whole idea of putting himself in a, a, a better body. Right. Uh, yeah, and if so, if, if whether they retrieve the body or they cloned Palpatine, the body is decaying because of the dark side yeah, energy. That's yeah, my yeah. Okay. reading. Yeah, of it makes, too. Yeah. yeah, I agree. agree. Okay, okay. Um, Far out. That's cool. I, I, I don't want to. Th- I don't believe he could project himself because I feel like that was inherently a light side like technique that Luke probably like. That not many Jedi transported himself, which yeah. I bumped up against with. And you guys saved my brain when we did the first reaction because I really did not like my first viewing of the Rise of Skywalker. Them transporting things back, Ray and Kylo, right? And then you guys are like, oh no, it's a dyad thing. And I'm like, okay, that fixes it. Like it's part of the dyad, the yeah, connection. There's a membrane there. right in between, and you can't yeah. get a lot through, but you get yeah. enough to sort of. But I don't like the fact that anyone can break leak. it and learn it, and then like like. But you'd think you know, like Luke. Invader yeah. of all people would be able to do this same thing, but they're not a dyad, apparently. right? True, right? It's but the, it's it just breaks my brain a, a little bit that the connection, father and yeah. son, they're, they're, they're the familiar. Yeah, no, no, I know what you're saying, but yeah, right. It's, yeah. I um, yeah, no, no, I, 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 I bumped up against that stuff at first, and now I'm kind of they're not up even to the it. same age. They're not even like within ten years of each other, which is sort of crazy. Yeah, right. That's interesting how that what a dyad makes. Yeah. Um, the other interesting thing. So uh, this book mentions Hux's uh, Titan inspection. So there's a there's a page on Hux. On oh page yes. 50. Yeah. So they mention him his Some late resistance. Yeah, the, the Titan. So which is like yeah, that was that happened like a week ago. Yeah. On, on resistance. Yeah. Um, but then they said a disastrous loss over Batu. And I think I, I didn't know what that meant. I was wondering if it would drop again, but I think this is something through that involves. Um, it's the I, Go so at Galaxy's Edge. I was reading the same thing, and I kept going, "What? Like, the, like we read everything. What do we right. I bet you it's the ride that just opened, which is the yeah, um, which too. is the uh, whatever rise it's of, called, rise, rise of the Resistance. Rise, rise of the Resistance. Yeah. I bet you that is the plot because of that there's thing. a yeah. there is a there's a section in here on Chewbacca about yes. the same size as um, Rose Tico, to say, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> he. Uh, they, yeah, they mentioned that um, he traded a rental of um, of the Millennium Falcon to they they said a not Hondo Naka they didn't name him specifically but to a um, uh, oh I can't remember the name of the species uh, right Boxu no uh, uh, what are they called Weequay Weequay thank you yeah. to Weequay uh, for um, you know for some supplies. Mm. And so, and I was like, "Oh, well, that's obviously a tie-in to." Galaxy that's Edge. weirdly dealt with in a junior novel called Lando's Luck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Is that? Uh, oh, is I that know. a junior novel or is that one of the comics? No, I know it's one a, of the comics. It's a junior novel. Oh, I, uh, I read, read your it. junior novels, folks. Yeah, it's, important stuff happening. Yeah, there. like you get Hondo and you get the whole thing where Chewie actually like Chewie uh, and Ray drop it off at Galaxy's Edge for oh, wow. Hondo, and it's, okay. it's never filled liked with Hondo. There's a there's this great actually kind of funny scene where the Porgs are kind of like haunting Hondo as he's walking through and he's like, what's <laughs> happening? As, he, as these Porgs the are flying Borgs back around, and you can't figure. Yeah, so I always liked Porgs. It's fun for kids. It took me about ten minutes in a 
in, while I was waiting for a doctor's appointment to read. Um, but but I think the I think this other stuff that they're referring to is probably the ride that just opened in yeah. Galaxy's yeah, Edge. Yeah. All right, that makes sense. That's pretty much just it. That's my uh, that's my punch list that I had for things we yeah, didn't I talk think, about. I think you guys had everything. I think I I think I forced everything I want to say into this. Um, I guess the last thing, not to just open up a whole another can of words, but like. Why do we cut the fact that Yana is Lando's daughter out of the entire movie? Oh, Jana, uh, yeah, uh, yeah Jana, right? Because it's somewhat confirmed, right, in this visual dictionary. I mean, that she, that... Lando had his daughter stolen from him from the first order to become a stormtrooper right. twenty-two years ago, and, and, and Jana is twenty-two years, years and, old. And there's a scene where Lando's talking about let's so I'm going to find where you come from. Like it's just a weird. Let's it's find out where you come from. It's then, kind yeah. of like it's super open-ended, and it's not yeah. like it's not decisive. And like, but the, laying, and then you read the visual dictionary, groundwork. and you're like, this is not open-ended yeah, yeah, yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, so. Laying excellent groundwork for a potential yeah. um, offshoot yeah. show. I would yeah. love to see shocking ending of season one. Yeah, I would love to see an eight episode, you know, Disney Plus live action series of that, and maybe like four episodes with. Um, you know, with Billy D and four episodes with um, the stylish Gambino. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. a lot of people find like the word canon unbearable because it's like, why catalog all these little minute details yeah, of, uh, of a Star mythological Wars. opera? Like it makes no sense. Like yeah. this is let, Part let, of Star Wars. let the myth breathe. Don't, don't, uh, can, don't kind of a, uh, Try to contain well, it, or, don't or have hold a story, it up to any kind they, of don't have a story group that makes everything. Right, but, you, but nonetheless, you have people, yeah. you know, yeah. who, who take pride in being an authority on the lore of Star Wars, and they are through their, you know, writing of t- new texts and and books yeah. and things like that. They are canonizing things. Whether I mean, that's know, the thing. Like Lucasfilm like and and Disney have accepted this. This is part of Star Wars. Right. It's canon discussions, and so yeah, it's I fascinating. It. It's important to me that we have this organization. Me too. Right. And it's fascinating how many Sith. From the past are named yes. in this book. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's astonishing. Grant, you know in more fact, of this. This great, great. Do you happen to have a list? I have a <laughs> list of all the canon <laughs> mentioned oh, in this book. But also, I thought I thought we there there is actual um, there's actually a little tidbit in here on the timeline of Starkiller Base and and Kyber Kyber Crystal Weaponry that uh, could be hinting at a possible area for like the next story. Oh, mm. a Star Wars trilogy, right. and that is a four thousand BSI before Starkiller incident. Um, mm. Ancient Sith accounts describe Kyber weaponry devo- developed by Darth Tannis on Malachor, and I was like, Ooh. okay, this could be the first Death Star in Death the galaxy. Star, yeah. You know what I mean? This could be the first of, the, of this this type of weapon, and that that's definitely uh, grounds for a story. A story could definitely fit in that. Have we Google that? Is that anything it's dealt with? That's not the gun I, that shoots lightsabers. I've never heard of Dr. this Afra, the right? Sith Lord, and I yeah, I, it could be. But I've never heard of the Sith Lord. It could be no, a small scale kyber kyber weapon. But I just noticed that why you know that's such an interesting account that four thousand years ago specifically. It's, it's very interesting. We haven't. <laughs> Nothing in canon has gone back that far. Right, four thousand. Right? Yeah, that's 4, as far. And there's yeah. a lot of power keywords there. You get a Darth, you get Malachor, and you get the first Kyber weaponry. I mean, like that yeah. is that's that's a lot of material to use that's in a, in a, in, right. in a trilogy. That's a hardcore outlier. Yeah, that's a lot Good of stuff. Catch, um, man. Yeah. So we have canon Sith. We have uh, Nagasato is named in this book because there's the yep. Nagasato escarpment in uh, on. Uh, Exegol, which is like a geographical feature there. It's named after Nagasato. And Nargis, Nagasato is... He's from the Tales of the Jedi comics. Uh, he is like a uh, half. Like there were there were Sith purebloods in the legends in EU. Do you remember all that stuff? Yeah. They were kind yeah. of like a red-skinned uh, tendril. Like they had tendrils on their face kind of cre- uh, um, species. 
Yeah. And um, but he was a half blood. It was half blood, and, and he, he ruled. He ruled in a lot of, and he was kind of the, the first, I think, half blood. Yeah. Lord. Can I go back to the Darth Tannis thing? Yes. Go for it. Is some quick googling. Oh, great. With yeah, yeah. Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. This that, that's it. This is it. That's it. That's all you get. That's that it. is it. That yeah. really so makes me feel like it's grounds for there. something. Like yeah, something's yeah. been written that they're not aware of. Is this maybe Ryan Johnson's? Project? Four thousand years before is it? Maybe it's just. Hidalgo just laying eggs, just, well, you know, well, like hiding Easter eggs. Do you want to hear something like, oh, even more thing. interesting? That I don't know where they get the source for this. So this is four thousand BS. Oh no, no, never mind. I got it. I just did the math. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. They have because because in Wikipedia they go BBY not. So it's nine. Uh, it's it's three thousand nine hundred sixty six BBY as opposed to four thousand BSI. Oh yeah. So never the, mind. The one interesting thing about this book is that they <laughs> they do a different um eight like age convention. Um, instead of before Battle of Yavin or after Battle of Yavin, they yes. do um, before Starkiller Incident, after Starkiller Incident. Um, also, which, way to like lower what happened. Incident. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> you blew up three planets. You killed billions of people. Can we yeah, call it more quite an incident? An incident. Yeah. yeah, I mean, genocide, catastrophe. Cataclysm. Yeah, yeah cataclysm. cataclysm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and it's, it's open range there too, because I know obviously Knights of the Republic isn't canon. But there are elements of the Knights of the Republic that are canon. In Rogue One, we see ships that are, you know, ex- you know, yeah. uh, exactly the same as what we see in that in the video games and and some of the, the comics that went with that. And yeah. uh, this is four thousand BSI, and I know Knights of the Republic occurred around like five thousand so. uh, yeah, ABY right. or BBY or whatever we're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, uh, so this is open range. Like, there's they have a lot of open range yeah. in that area of the timeline. Um, so let's go back to canon. Sith. Sorry, uh, Nagasato. Uh, just quickly in the comics, Sewell gave us Darth Shaw and Darth Momin. Uh, Momin, I think you mean. Momin, sorry. Uh, Darth Bane. <laughs> Darth Bane is canon from Clone Wars. In yeah. this in this text, we have Darth Tannis, uh, Darth Revan. And there's, so there are Revan's legions. There yeah, are yeah. legions. There are Sith Trooper legions that are named after Sith Lords of the past. We have uh, so we have Darth Revan, who's now canon. Mm-hmm. Darth and Daedu, who's now canon. Darth Tenebris. Darth Phobos. Uh, Darth uh, Des- Desilus. Um, and that's those are all the new. Tenebris kind of... was um, Plagueis's master. That's right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The Bith. The Bith. Yes. The, oh, right. The Bith. So, um, but Plagueis is. Oh, Plagueis is because he spent. He is. So, that's right. so now they've also re. So, what was the one after Tenebris? Phobos. Phobos sounds familiar. It does sound. Familiar. It does sound. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. We'll have to do some. And this book. This. You guys keep talking. I'll yeah. And so the Visual Dictionary also canonizes some Jedi. So we have um, Odin Ur is named in this book. Okay. Uh, if you look at some of the sacred texts, mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Odin yeah. Ur it was um, uh, named in doing something else. We also have uh, one Jedi who was named after um, uh, a real person who tragically uh, died in a, oh, a yeah. shooting incident and. Um, yeah, uh, who was a huge Star Wars fan. Yeah, huge so Star like, Wars fan. You're going to uh, be in lore forever. That yeah, breaks really my sweet... heart in a wonderful way. Like, yeah, it's, I'm going gonna, gonna to find that. I'm going to find his name real quick. Yeah. I, I really do want to know his name so we so, can name it on the cast. But I mean, the huge thing, to me, the whole like adding of Revan is, is suggesting that they might just leave that alone. I, to me, it was like, oh, they might attack it again or like try to work with it again. But I think some of these legends things, I think they're just gonna not touch. But they're also gonna, it, they're also gonna not compete with. And I think you know, like yeah. they'll just let that be. Yeah, they're not gonna add anything because it's like you can't redo Knights of the Old Republic. But everyone loves it, so it's like, well, we're so, also not gonna contradict it. That's what know? I've heard from the story group. What I've heard is basically like anything that hasn't anything in the past is pretty much fair game. If you want to recanonize it and it hasn't, it doesn't contradict anything. When you're writing, you can con- totally go yeah. back and just take it and be like this is now canon again right yeah right um so cherry picking from yeah, the legends, yeah. darth yeah. phobos 
Phoebus, whatever. <laughs> See how you guys feel about this. Had one appearance. All right. Um, Force Unleashed, the video game. Oh. No! Yeah. She's also mentioned, by the way, in Star Wars Galaxies and Empire Divided, which is my old stomping ground. Star Wars Galaxies and Empire I really Divided. feel like they're allowing the Force Unleashed to enter canon in a very kind of discreet way because wow. the Incinerator Troopers <laughs> and the Mandalorian yep. were in that yeah. game. Yeah. Darth Phobos. I, and the, obviously all the cloning and dark science I, I don't see. remember. Did they say which Force Unleashed it was? The first one, and I have a picture. Oh, it's actually is she a, a Twi'lek? She's got like... Um, oh, no, she's not... She looks oh. almost like a yeah. She's a Thelin Thelin T H E E L I N. Okay. okay. Uh, her homeworld is Corbon. Right. Died many years before. I think I remember BBY. that. Oh wait, was that the the young the young one she picked up that he saved from the uh, Rancor? No, because it sounds like well, the one that had the um the like nunchucks the like lightsaber nunchucks. Possibly, I, I don't remember the, the game very well. But just to name uh, the, a minute, just to name the Jedi Master, oh, who's, who's yeah. um, yeah. Uh, that's uh, a tribute yeah, to the the victim of that. Uh, his name's Riley Howell, and I imagine uh, the I person's name was Riley, Riley Howell. Howell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah so yeah. that's a beautiful, uh, touching yeah. tribute. Um, You'll always be a Jedi, Riley. Howell. Yeah. yeah, and like, and and in real life, I you know again Google this because I, I read it, but died a very heroic death. Like yeah. like like charged the gunman. Like yep. like wow. really just sacrificed himself to save others. Like yeah. a, a Jedi move, and I'm gonna cry. So please start moving yeah, on. Yeah, again. Um, so to go back to Darth Phoebus, though. So let's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. move Darth on past Phobos. that. Phobos. Is it Phobos or Phobos? Um, basically, it, yeah, her right, image right. was incorporated into the Jedi trials as a simulation of the trial of insight. That simulation battle, Dark Lord of the Sith, Darth Vader's secret apprentice, Starkiller, was defeated. So apparently it was like a hmm. simulated fight because she's an oh. ancient Sith. Oh, an ancient Sith. Yeah. Oh, so maybe it was one of the ones where... Okay. All right. Yeah. But who knows? Because again, cool. we only have her name. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I never noticed that before. Very... Ben just showed us on the very back page of uh, the the visual dictionary. There's a there's a double lightsaber of... Yeah, it's a dark, tight of of dark, dark gray. gray. Yeah, with you can see the two blades, the two mm-hmm. cracked blades, cracked blades. Yeah, on um of her like her um yeah her double sided lightsaber staff. Awesome! It was great that they showed us. That was a great battle. See, that's again like that battle was short, but I would want to watch that like ten times in a row just to like make it part of my yeah. soul. Yeah, yeah, and it paid off the kind of uh, the cave moment in the Last Jedi that yeah. she sees a duplicate of herself that's yeah. dark and. Right. Kind of pay, plays to that. Um, yeah, there was so they talked about that a little bit, the cave moment in this. Does she well. or does she see yourself and Kylo? And it was just sort of like you're, you can be anybody. Was sort of how they interpreted that. Yeah, about the duplicates. Yes, it was just like you know, there's there's lots of versions of you. Yeah, that you are you are undetermined. Which is weird though, right? Because like, and this is from like comic book nerd Adam. Like they're all doing the exact same thing yeah. and look exactly the same, same, which means to me when I read that from a you're completely f- distinct standpoint is like your fate is sealed. This is who you are. <laughs> like there is no difference. Mm. Like you, there yeah. there have been millions of you, but you all end in the same way. Well, which is true, yeah. right? Because yeah. she, I mean, she's very much Obi Wan Kenobi. She's a, yeah. she's a white knight. She's just like you know, she is a, a soldier for for the light, yeah. and she was just raised well by Luke and Leia in yeah. a way that Obi Wan couldn't do it. And I, Yoda failed, and Obi Wan failed, yeah. And you know, maybe with lessons from that, but they succeeded against all odds. Where, um, you know, I mean, so I guess, the, and again, this could be a story about 
successful parenthood, which is very hard. Yeah. No, I think it is. It's like, how do you know? Yeah. That's a tough thing. I mean, especially with adopted children, you're just sort of like, you know, it's it's tough. When you've seen all the worst, how do you make them the best? Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, Yeah. You can choose your family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Escape your, your legacy. Yes. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and uh, yeah, it's all up to you, really. At the end Again, of the day, um, I just love story the fact that the bloodline, like the literal bloodline of the Skywalkers, is no more, and yet the name lives on. Yeah, in a very yeah. beautiful way. It's just amazing. Like it's such a neat way to tell that story. Yeah, and so fitting. I mean, so this was that was the point of Marianne and that um, that editing podcast mm-hmm. was just like she was like, listen, she's like, you know, she sort of shrugged off. Yes, this is going to be polarizing. There's going to be people, you know. But she's like, when it boils it down to, this is a story about hope, about hope you, and you, redemption. And redemption, said, right? yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, yes, words, you've yeah. made bad decisions, but you can be good. It's a story about hope. And 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 um, she's like, and then people find it super polarizing or whatever. She's like, I just don't see that. There's just people that are going to do that. And that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But um, it is. It's a very hopeful, lovely story in it. And they tied it up in a neat little package that I think honors yeah. the prequel trilogy, the original trilogy, and, and, and the I two movies in the Ben's trying trilogy. to sum this up real quick, and then I just had another thing pop in my head, no, which kind of relates to that. So, like, I, I feel like... So, here's the thing. <laughs> it's now debatable, and let's try not to go down that road right now. We can do it in another podcast, whether or not Palpatine created Anakin. Let's say he did. Oh. I'm going to say he did. I'm going to say he did also. For now. I'm going to say he didn't. Just okay, okay. The, well, uh, here we stand. Shut okay. up, because that doesn't help me right now. And now for Adam's point. So he creates this bloodline. He creates this bloodline. This bloodline, the Skywalker bloodline, does not exist pre-Anakin. Mm-hmm. He makes this tainted bloodline, which leads to Luke and Leia, two wonderful people, right, who do this, but are struggling and are troubled. And then, um, so he creates this bloodline. This bloodline leads to Kylo, who, again, troubled. Mm-hmm. This bloodline dies off, yet the name lives on. So yeah. I love the fact that he creates this bloodline, which ultimately leads to his end. And this bloodline is no the longer end of his legacy. His legacy, yeah. Right? And it creates the legacy of the Skywalkers that he created. Like it's that he created and amazing. Like it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. I always thought he could be both created by Palpatine and the Chosen One. Yeah. But it makes it a lot clearer if he's not created by Palpatine and is just the chosen one. Yeah. Because it's, done, it's not Works really him. Way. I mean, yeah. he does chip away at, I mean, he chips away at the the emperor, yeah. you know, by throwing him down the shaft. But he also chips away at him as creating this new bloodline that will also fight him and then create another, train and adopt the real, you know, yeah. the one yeah. that's going to put the coup d'etat on, um, on Darth Sidious. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it sells Qui Gon short a little bit that he couldn't sense that there's a there a dark presence was the the mastermind behind this divergence in the Force. Like I feel like there would be a tinge of that that you'd sense mm. as a Jedi. So like no. that's why I'll stand by my like yeah. argument that I don't. The dark side is clouded. Clouded. The dark side is. Power. Yeah. yeah, but there's a, there's there's interesting like idea that Qui Gon could have had more clarity than the other Jedi, as kind of hinted at throughout the the Phantom Menace. We know you love Qui Gon, dude. Who doesn't? I'm a big. Qui- I would have. Everyone made loves Qui Gon, man. See, honestly, I I love the Rise of Skywalker. I did feel like there were lulls of kind of boring moments on Ajon Claw. They could use the, more the, the jungle world. That I was like, oh, why not? And I feel like the Last Jedi beautifully set up a kind of founding of the next Jedi Order. And it's like, wouldn't it be interesting if Luke led Rey to a remote temple wherein, like, the ghost of Qui Gon is there and says, only in death could I understand the prophecy. It wasn't of the one; it was of the two. Set up the diode early in the film. Then it, it, you know, more of the dyad dyad pays off later in the film mm-hmm. instead of being dropped on you. Short answer: Yes, sure. I'll say this: without Qui Gon, we would not have had 
balance and the force and the destruction of true. the Right. It all it. stems back to Qui-Gon Jinn. True. All that decision. His decision to take this boy on. Because otherwise this boy would have just been stuck. Because he'd been a slave and dead, he, whatever. Either no one would have discovered he was he, he was the chosen one. In a, cr- in a, in a pod race or Right. Or or Palpatine would have never known his dark magic worked to create something. Uh, <laughs> wow, you brought wow. that right oh, back oh, around. Oh. All right. All right. Maybe I sense a Well Palpatine's pole. fine with him going to like a, a super perilous like pod race. Like yeah. that's totally fine. I don't think he knows at that point, right? Okay. Until, right. Until right. Comes, Let's do until it. On, like, can, the can you do a Twitter poll on this? We'll do a Twitter poll. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, we did it again. We made another episode and we couldn't be happier about it. And by make his episode, I mean, talk about Star Wars for four, four hours. Um, and everyone still thinks that's normal. So let's keep doing this. Um, thanks for listening to us. Um, and may the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the force will be with you. Always.